I think we're at a little longer than 30 seconds, but just bear with us, everybody. That's okay. You do your thing. It's wonderful to see so many faces in the audience tonight. Yeah, it's so quiet. Is everyone doing all right? All right. Thank you for being here, for sharing your night with us. I appreciate it. Good? All right. Come on back, Heather. Okay. All right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the September 7th, 2023 at 6 p.m. Parks and Community Enrichment Commission. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Ford? Here. Commissioner Liu? Here. Commissioner Robbins? Present. Commissioner Herman? Present. Commissioner King? Present. Commissioner Flores? Present. Vice Chair Gaines? Present. Commissioner Galliardo Good? Present. Commissioner Kangas? Present. Commissioner Boone? Present. And Chair Vasquez? Present. Thank you. We have quorum. Thank you so much. Okay, I'd like to remind everybody here in public chambers that if you'd like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in a speaker slip when the item begins. For members of the public who wish to join virtually, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you've joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're online, then click the raise hand on the bottom of your screen. If you're in the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in via telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine. Then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You'll have two minutes to speak once you're called on. And after the first speaker, we will no longer accept speaker slips and the raise hand feature in the Zoom will be disabled. We will now proceed to today's agenda. We're gonna start with a land acknowledgement. So will everyone please rise and join me? In honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and the tribal lands, to the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu Valley and Plains Miwok, Pantuan Wintun peoples, and the people of Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federalized recognized tribe, 
May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice and acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. If you please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. That's okay. <laughs> Here we go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Now we have a special presentation tonight. So if you are an award winner, we like to do a special thing here where we take a picture with all of our award winners all at the same time. So if you are an award winner, will you please come up behind this rope and our commissioners are gonna come in close and all of our award winners one at a time will take a photo and then afterwards we'll announce and talk about you one at a time. So this one's just for everybody who's an award winner. Come on down. All right, thank you so much for participating in our tradition there of a big, outstanding volunteer photo. We love it. And for all of the volunteers who are a contact on your award, you'll be receiving an email from Raymond Rodriguez with those photos. So if you don't see it, you can tell me or Mr. Raymond. All right, so our special presentation tonight is the Parks and Community Enrichment Volunteer Awards special presentation. And we're going to start tonight with the first on this list, which is going to be District 1. One. All right. District 1, would you like to bring up your award winner and um, talk about our awardee? Thank you. 
I am super honored tonight to recognize uh, Romer Casolo as our special volunteer for District 1 North Natomas. Um, Romer, there's a list of just accomplishments and areas of volunteer that I could outline and we'll probably be here all night. But what I would say is that I just appreciate your spirit of public service. Um, Romer actually uh, dedicated his uh, public service career in the state of California for the last 30 years. Um, and right after retirement, um, and he had been already uh, volunteering in many initiatives and causes, but um, he founded the um, Hamptons Community Foundation and is a current president uh, where um, he coordinates a variety of initiatives and events around community building, diversity, and accessibility for all. Uh, Romer also <laughs> volunteers at Joey's Foot Locker, sorry, jo Joey's Food, um, and also um, is actually uh, was appointed an ambassador for the city of Sacramento and API community. And so, Romer, I just want to thank you for your ongoing spirit of uh, volunteerism and community building. Um, this is just a token from us, and just want to thank you for all your contributions to North Natomas and Sacramento citywide. Welcome. Thank you. Would you like to say a few words? Yes. Uh, good, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name, again, is Romer Cristobal, and I'm honored to be here today to receive this uh, recognition. Um, it is a testament to the hard work and dedication of so many people in our community. Uh, of course, I would like to thank um, Council Member Lisa Kaplan and Commissioner Odette Ford uh, for this recognition. I'm grateful for your support um, of our efforts to make this a better place to live, work, and raise a family. And I also want to thank my uh, friends and family uh, for their love and support. I couldn't do this without them. And finally, I would like to thank all of the volunteers who work uh, tirelessly to make our community a better place. Your contributions are absolutely essential to our success. And also, I'm very proud to be part of the Hamptons Community Foundation, Joshua's House, GNNA, um, APAPA, and the Sacramento Rainbow Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we are a diverse and resilient group of people who are committed to making a difference. Um, I'm confident that we will continue to build a brighter future for everyone. And thank you again for this award. I'm truly honored. Wonderful. If you'd like to stay right there and take a picture with Commissioner Ford, she's got something for you. We have a certificate to thank you for your outstanding volunteerism. We really appreciate the work that you do. Thank you thank so you. much. Yes. Wonderful, thank you. One more round of applause. Thank you so much. Job well done, thank you. The Outstanding Volunteerism Award is dedication of your time, your dedication, your resources, and yourself to our lovely city. We're gonna continue on with District 3, which would be Commissioner Robbins. And I believe we have 
um, two people to accept this award this evening. So if you'd like to come to the podium for District 3, please. Yes, our award winner is going to be in the Tomas Garden Arts Collective. We have former Mayor Heather Fargo on the board and Amy Tokenawa, who's very special, like a big sister to me. It's a very uh, full circle moment for me from five years ago tonight. I was the inaugural winner of this, and now I'm here presenting it to a very strong, proud community of this with the Natomas Garden Arts. They haven't had a home. We were promised a home 2000, 2018. We were promised a home that we're working on, 1591 uh, Norborough Drive. Um, but even without a home, they have been very impactful. Uh, just last weekend, they had the Harvest Arts Festival at the Natomas Community Center. That was an all-day event. It was very successful. We had concerts, uh, live art, uh, a lot of different things, and we're missing a couple of members uh, right now. Nancy and uh, Angela are actually at the Grassland Gardens right now, which they basically invented. It was in the Ninos Parkway that everyone forgot about, but the hard work of this community right here made a Shine Award and teamed up with a couple of other people. Um, what is it? Uh, pollinator, it's a pollinator habitat. It's a quarter acre, and I think it's about 3,000 plants they planted in a weekend, and they are out there weeding right now. Every week they're out there taking care of it, so that's why Angela and Nancy are not here, because they're too busy volunteering their time, and that's why they deserve this award very, very much. So thank you again for this, and I'll come up to present the award, or do we uh, let them speak first? We let them speak always. Would you yeah, like right. to say a few words, Mayor Heather Fargo and Amy? Great to see you. Well, just want to say thank you um, to you guys for recognizing what we're trying to do. Um, we do have a mission of connecting the community, um, and volunteerism is a great way to bring people together. Uh, Natomas is a great community. Sacramento is a wonderful place to be, and there's so many great people out there and parks brings the best out in everyone. So thank you guys for recognizing us. Mary, you want to say something? Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank sorry you. the guys couldn't be here. They're out pulling weeds. Yeah, stay right there. <laughs> Where do you want us to be? I think with this group we say bees. <laughs> they no, bees. we say weeds. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you being here. Um, if you are with District 4, then we have Commissioner Herman here to announce the next volunteerism award. Would you like to come to the podium? District 4 is a busy district with many volunteers who do wonderful work to support Sacramento in a myriad of ways to make it a better place to live. The Tree Foundation is more than just free trees for all. It is involved in many efforts to make Sacramento beautiful and more livable. I am proud to present this award to Jessica Sanders, Executive Director of the Tree Foundation, for her tireless work individually and as part of a many years effort to make the Hanami Line a reality. And to speak more to that, Jessica Sanders. 
Yeah, thank you so much. This is a really wonderful honor, not only to be here amongst you, but also all of the wonderful honorees. Um, it's it's nice to to just be a part of that. Um, this this project wouldn't have been possible without our founder Ray Trethaway, and he really was the inspiration, and he's still really involved in it. And it's it's a joy to be able to to finish it for him. Um, and it's uh, our parks are what makes our great, our city great. Our trees are beautiful. And they're just part of our city and our community fabric. So it's just an honor to get this and to be recognized and to be able to be part of a city that cares so much and not only has volunteers, but a volunteer commission. Um, so thank you for your time. Thanks. Thank you. All right, this is definitely a say trees moment. I think that everyone I know in this room, that's a lot of people I know in this room, probably is because of trees. And that all came through the Sacramento Tree Foundation, right? Thinking, is there anybody in this room I've met that is not because of trees? I don't know. Thank you for your outstanding volunteerism. We appreciate you. Okay, uh, next is me, District 6. Come on up. All right, so today I am very lucky to give an award to Sacramento United Soccer. And over many, many decades, this club has donated to Granite Regional Park in a way that has transformed the park the way that it is now and continues to transform this park every single day with your unending dedication to keeping it clean, keeping it safe, keeping it fixed, first and foremost. You have our only regional park that has no bathroom, right? So making that happen, bringing the bathrooms for the hundreds of thousands of youth that you serve and adults that you serve all across the city as a regional location. Um, and I nominated you, nominated you in District 6 because that's where the regional park is, but I know that you pull in um, enrichment from the entire region of Sacramento. So I wanted to personally thank you for providing so much enrichment and love of soccer, for personally being there, um, every weekend, right, for making sure that this park is a safe place to be and a place that is a fun and activative site to be. And I'm really looking forward to continuing that relationship with you and you and the Parks Department. Um, but really, I think that you could probably speak better to the decades of partnership and relationship that you've had with YPSI. So, Alberto Regalado, please do. Thank you. Um, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Albert Regalado. I am the president at Sacramento United Soccer Club. Uh, Quick history, we've been around since 1977, serving um, the youth of the city uh, in the thousands and thousands of members. We serve over a thousand a year, and that doesn't include all the other clubs that come and take part and enjoy Granite Regional Park with us. Um, so on behalf of our membership, I'd like to thank the Parks and Community Enrichment Commission uh, and Chair Victoria Vaskage for the nomination and for the award. Uh, it's only through our great partnership with the City of Sacramento that we're able to offer uh, the assistance in, in developing Granite Regional Park and keeping it up and also the, all the programs that we like to uh, provide to our community. Um, we're very proud of our partnership. Um, we're proud of what we've been able to accomplish from the development of uh, the additional grass fields, um, the turf fields, uh, all the uh, trees that we planted recently, um, the improvements to the grass fields, we were able to get lights installed, which I think everybody in the city would agree we can always use more lighted fields for safety for our kids. Um, 
and, and, you know, so much more. Uh, we could not accomplish any of it without so many great community members, so I wanted to take a moment to recognize a few. Um, I want to recognize the volunteer uh, board of directors that we have. Uh, all of them volunteers, they're not paid, and they put a lot of time and effort into what we do. Uh, I also want to recognize a few companies that have helped us out over time. You know, Musco Lights gave us a grant that helped us out with some of what we did there. Um, Shedder Electric, uh, Electric, local company as well, helped us out with um, a lot of what we got done recently with the uh, light project. But there's a lot of individuals as well um, that I wanted to point out. Just a couple, actually. Brooks Huell, uh, Tony Camarena, James Simonelli, Jaime Ramos. I know there's a whole bunch of others that I could name. Um, but those guys were really important. Um, and also, all of our membership, you know, there's uh, anywhere between 700 and 1,000 members at any given moment, and um, all of us working together to try and provide for our kids and for our community. So, as you said, we, we, um, we don't just we get, we live in District 6, but we don't just live in District 6, we're from all over. So, um, you know, uh, last but not least, I wanna recognize all of the city park staff uh, for working with us and communicating constantly uh, with a common goal of making Granite Regional uh, the best facility that we can. Uh, we have our limitations and we work together to make sure that uh, we can do the best for our community. So I wanna recognize them as well. We're uh, humbled and honored uh, to receive this award and we look forward to, to continued work and progress um, for our community. So thank you very much. Thank you, Chair, and thank you, Vice Chair. Uh, on behalf of District 7, I'd like to invite up Corremos Sacramento to the podium. Yeah. You know, this, this award is given to a group like this. The, the spirit of this award is for uh, just a bunch of local Sacramentans getting together and on a common cause. And your common cause for this one was Let's just run or walk really fast at a park. Let's gather uh, people who look like us, Latinos, um, and other persons of color. Um, you know, highlighting the physical, the benefits and physical, uh, highlighting the benefits of physical and mental health. Right, and in, uh, sometimes in our communities, that's not exactly the most highlighted aspect of what we need to change in our lives. But you are providing that space for for that. And I know you guys just celebrated a, a, a year birthday being a group, so congratulations on that. Uh, and I know um, I first heard about you and this organization about a year ago at the vice chair's event at, at your 916 day last year. Because she, 
and she was there helping out at, at that event. And then I was at another 916 day event in District 2, and um, they said, there's this new group. Uh, Joe, you, let's, go, let's go and let's go walk and run. You know, I'm a little, you know, um, I can use a little, I can use some more steps in my day. So, uh, so, I, so this was even last year. And just as you guys have continued to grow, uh, I know William Land Park is a park that you guys go to on Mondays nights, McKinley Park on other nights. So just a group of folks gathering on just using park space as a safe place, a gathering space for people who look like us. So, so I just wanted to recognize you and your organization on that. So with that, I want to uh, recognize Corremos Sacramento. Gracias, gracias. Thank you, Commissioner Flores. And always happy to see Chair Vasquez and Vice Chair Gaines. Hello. Um, yeah, my name is Dalia Ramirez Robles. I'm co-founder of this volunteer-led, Latino-led um, walking slash running group. We wanted to create a wellness space that feels safe for individuals that are not historically reflected in the wellness ads or those wellness spaces. So here we um, value community over performance, community, and, and doing things as, um, as a community rather than, you know, trying to just be fast or trying to, like, play some kind of game. It's like we're, we're in this together. Nos apoyamos uno al otro. We support one another. And, and we help each other reach those milestones no matter what size they are. Um, and, yeah, like Commissioner Flores mentioned um, it's a lot of Latinos and people of color and people of all sizes. Like, I love seeing the curvy brown girls over there. And I'm like, more of it. We all belong. We all belong. And um, that's what we're trying to, to um, create. So follow us on, on Instagram. I'm happy to collaborate. Happy to get something going in District 2. That's where I live. Um, and that's where, those are the parks I want to utilize, and so happy to find um, ways to, to activate the parks out there. Um, yeah, hit, hit me up. Let's um, make the communities, like, more vibrant. And also, I'm looking for an elotero man that can hang out here every Monday at 6.30 p.m. The guy that I found on Northgate does not come out. He came out one time last year. Um, and just join us. There's never a such thing as, well, I'm not ready, or I'll be ready later. Like, just come out and hang out and have some good laughs. And that is all. Oh, also, quick plug. So the Sacramento running community, we do something called SAC Run Week, and it's the same time as 916 Week, right? And then so all the clubs get together, and we all support one another, and we go out to each other's clubs. There's multiple clubs every single day of the week, and it's really fun. So um, follow us on Instagram, Corremos Sacramento, to learn more. Gracias. Thank you. Have them run on down to 916 day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. Our next commissioner, um, Vice Chair Gaines, actually has two groups to nominate and award tonight because they have been awarded. So please do. Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, all right, so the first uh, recognition I want to give is in the category of parks. So if the Meadowview Urban Tree Project can please come to the podium. Um, 
it's so funny. Um, I would say this award is a long time coming because I had assumed they had already gotten it because of all of the work that they do in the community. Uh, so when we got the list, I was like, what? Um, so yeah, sorry I didn't do this two years ago. I had just made an assumption you'd already gotten it. Um, and so I'm gonna just read from my paper because I haven't had coffee in quite a bit of time. So this is more <laughs> well, well written. Um, so the Meadowview Urban Tree Project is a 100% volunteer run nonprofit organization that promotes the growth and care of the South Sacramento tree canopy. They do this through stump removal and replacement, and this is all free for everyone listening in South Sac. Um, stump removal and replacement, education of homeowners and renters on the benefits of trees on their properties, and the best practices for maintaining healthy trees by working with area schools to promote educational activities regarding the tree canopy, and working with partners and homeowners to promote the planting of trees and to promote the maintenance of their trees. Uh, President Ron Brazel and Treasurer Jeff Solomon, who are here today, um, are constant fixtures. See, everyone knows you guys. I hear all those whistles. Um, are constant fixtures at every tree planting event that we've had in District 8. I literally wouldn't know how to plant a tree without them. Um, they're always willing to share their knowledge with others and truly embody what this award is all about. It is because of people like Ron, Jeff, and the volunteers at Meadowview Urban Tree Project that South Sac is such a wonderful place to live. So thank you guys so much for all that you do. Russell and Solomon, would you like to say a few words? Uh, well, thanks to the Sacramento Tree Foundation, which does fantastic work, and without them, we couldn't do our what we do. Um, and also, County Supervisor Patrick Kennedy for his support, uh, Council Member by my Bang, um, let's see, Commissioner Gaines. Who else? Jeff, did I leave anybody out? Well, um, I think we'd, we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't mention California Relief because they've been a great help for us as we've been going through. So thank, thank whoever's, whoever's in charge of that. <laughs> and all the volunteers that come out and help us out. Absolutely. And the community, our, our neighbors, they, they've been a great help and we're very happy to be able to educate them and to help our canopy grow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being such wonderful advocates. Right, this group definitely says trees. I bet there's a lot more birds in your neighborhood now, so we could smile for the birdie as well if anybody's <laughs> interested. <laughs> Thank you so much for all that you do, Medivy Urban Tree Project. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so if you are with the Capital City Powwow and Drum Group, will you please come to the podium? All right, I ran back. <laughs> record time. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so this um, group of awardees is actually under the category of community enrichment. Oh, I ran. I'm out a little out of breath, you guys. <laughs> I just walked and I'm out of breath, so it's okay. <laughs> um, so this, so it's sectioned in District 8 because I'm obviously the District 8 commissioner, but they actually do work citywide, so I'm sure um, you guys will see them kind of all over Sacramento. Um, but the Capital City Powwow Drum and Dance Group is a local community group that provides free Native American drum and dance lessons to native people throughout the city. Sacramento not only has several local tribes, but in the 1950s was a relocation area for tribal people throughout the country. 
Powwows are important intertribal celebration featuring singing, dancing, drumming, and connection regardless of tribal affiliation. For many what we call urban Indians or native people who live in an urban area away from their tribal lands, we do not have connection to our tribal areas and elders to learn how to dance and drum. The Capital City Powwow Drum and Dance Group fills that void by teaching different styles of song and dance to help expand participation and increase community connectedness. The Cap City Powwow Drum and Dance Group provides free classes at least six times per month and at various locations to ensure accessibility. The dancers and drummers give their time to pass these traditions to the next generation. We believe that culture is prevention and that Native youth are less likely to engage in risky behaviors if they're connected to their culture and community. We also believe that you should always look forward seven generations, and I believe the work that the Cap City Powwow Drum and Dance Group does what the work that they do will still resonate through families seven generations from now. So thank you guys um, so much for what you do here in Sacramento. Um, I want to start off by saying thank you to all, each and every one of you. Um, we truly appreciate it. I'm not crying, you're crying. Um, <laughs> this all started as an idea that me and my sister had um, was to engage the kids in our community and to engage um, the kids of our family. Um, it, these days, it's really hard with the way society works and the distractions that we have, that we have less and less youth in our culture. We have less and less youth who are participating. Um, so our dream was to provide an outlet and a resource where they can come every week, they can be themselves, they can be around people, they can connect to that spirituality with the drum, um, they can dance, they can pray. This is just a place where we can support their mental health in every way. Our, our indigenous youth, they, they struggle with not only trying to navigate through the world today, but also carrying trauma through generations with them. So having a resource for them to be able to dance, for them to be able to sing or just be around each other is really important to us. And it's, we're just extremely grateful to be receiving this award. Um, I believe this is Cap City's first award. Uh, I didn't introduce myself. My name is Joaquin Rojas. I'm the co-founder of Cap City Drum and Dance. I have Bridget here somewhere. Bridget, who is a representative from Soul Collective. Um, Soul Collective is our sponsor, so everything that we do is throughout Soul Collective. Um, I also have my bro Nate back there give a wave. Um, we are also in collaboration with the Sacramento Native American Health Center now, um, and we provide classes throughout there too. Um, be proud of who you are no matter where you come from and follow your culture and your culture will take you everywhere. Thank you all so much for having us. Do you want to say anything? Do you want to say? I just want to say that the first time I moved back to Sacramento, um, being at Soul Collective was um, one of the first places I felt like was home and they were there and they made me feel like, you know, I was welcome just the first day I was there. So if I wanted to say anything today, it was just the feeling that they gave me and it may not be tangible on paper, but it's tangible in my heart and I'm grateful for them. So thank you all so much. If you could stay right there, Vice Chair Gaines is going to come on down and say trees with you. What do you like to say when you take a picture? Oh, we could say trees too. Yeah. All right, I love it. Trees, it is.
Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to all of our award winners. Um, not just, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we have one more? Yeah. Oh, forgive me. My list. Well, how could I forget Saba, my favorite? <laughs> Deb, I thought you were just here to see me. All right, forgive me. Please come Welcome, up, Dr. Banks. Oh, you are? Oh, I'm so sorry. I am so honored to, to even be able to talk about all the amazing work that this organization does. So Deb is the founder for Sacramento Area Bicycle Advocates, which is a local nonprofit that they fix bikes for free at community events, which is a huge deal. Um, they encourage youth and adults to get back on two wheels, which helps with lowering carbon emissions. It also helps with their wellness and just sense of joy and community. They provide community rideouts. They do bike valet at local events. There are just so many ways that they are embedded in our community through volunteerism. Um, I think it's really poignant as an at-large community member to call them out as an amazing local volunteer group because they help provide access for all of our community members to all of our parks through helping enable transit, which can be a barrier to access our parks. Um, I first met Deb a couple years ago. Uh, their organization was doing free bike repairs in South Sacramento, which is very dear to my heart. Um, in Meadowview at Success Academy. And we've since partnered through numerous um, events where they've provided um, free bike repairs to community members of Sacramento Unified School District. And I, I, I think the best way to highlight this partnership and how beautiful it is and the impact that it has had is to call out just like a single story of something that I witnessed. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Deb, but we were at Luther Burbank and um, they were, their team was out there fixing bikes for free in the community. And um, I saw a little girl, it was the end of the event, I was packing up my van and she was riding her bike around the parking lot and her mom was trying so hard to get her to come back and get in the car because they had to go somewhere. And this little girl was so filled with joy. She said, Mom, I haven't rode my bike in years. And it's so fun. Just give me one more minute. And just that feeling of freedom and access that you are giving so many people in our community is so commendable and so necessary. So thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to cry. That was really sweet. Thank you so much, Nikki. Um, I will tell you that uh, the whole Saba team, of which Ron Brazil is also on our Saba team, um, we really believe that bicycles can change the world for all the reasons that Nikki just mentioned. And I will also just a little bit of how proud we are. We are shooting um, close to having fixed 2,000 bikes this year and keeping them on the road in people's hands so they can ride and be healthy and save the planet because anybody who's out of their car and on a bike for short trips is doing really well in our world. So thank you so much for the beautiful honor and thanks, Commission, for um, honoring Saba. We appreciate it. Wonderful. Stay right there, Ms. Banks. Forgive me for skipping you. I forget that I share with our at-large commissioner a district. So this is a second District 6 presentation for y'all tonight. Yes, another. I also met you at Success Academy. Yes, right? Success Academy. Yes. Hmm. 
right, yeah. that was very exciting. Who I also was at with Meadowview Urban Tree Project, right, and Commissioner Flores. We're gonna say bikes, not trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about wheels, bikes, whatever you want. Bikes. Yeah, smoothies. Let's say smoothies. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. It is truly an honor to be in all of your uh, presence, all of our awardees, all of our um, amazing groups who give so much, give so much through your organizations and your personal time and your care and your dedication in support of your family members. If you're here tonight as a family member of an awardee, thank you so much for sharing your family and their dedication with our city. Right, thank you. We appreciate you supporting our volunteers. We appreciate all of our volunteers all of the time. And when we do this again, you will all have the opportunity to nominate someone else. And you can share the, the volunteer love and bring our outstanding volunteers to our attention as well. So if you know of an outstanding volunteer, please do share it with your commissioner here. And we like to give awards. All right. Thank you so much. If you are an awardee, the special part of our presentation is over. You're more than welcome to stay with us through the rest of our commission meeting. And if not, you're free to go. So thank you for being here tonight. Bye, friends. I see you. I see all of you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> all righty. We're going to move on now to the approval of the consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Hello, we can hear you, sir. Okay. Uh, yes, this is Lambert, and uh, before I get to the consent calendar, I wanted to say I was impressed with what I just heard, and I would like to make sure that District 2 gets representation. There's a lot of talented volunteers there, Mr. Lou, so uh, look around a little harder. As far as the consent calendar, I'm impressed with what I see. I've studied the report, and... Uh, I'm not sure who the director is, but I know Megan was outstanding. And uh, I've also worked with Melissa Cerrone. So it's an outstanding uh, report. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I have no other speakers for this item. Thank you. And thank you, Mr. Davis. Noted, maybe after 916 day, we'll have some more volunteers that rise to the top for District 2. Are there any commissioners that wish to speak on this item? <clears throat> okay, do I have a motion to pass the consent calendar? I motion. Oh. And a second? A second. Thank you. I have a motion by Vice Chair Gaines and a second by Commissioner Boone. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? I actually have a question. Yes. Um, we're um, approving the minutes, not the consent calendar? Um, yes. Is that correct? Yes. The minutes yes. on the consent calendar? 
Yes. Okay, I just want, want to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Thank you. Yes, uh, the motion is to approve the minutes of last meeting's minutes. Thank you. All in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Any abstentions? Wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Um, our, we'll proceed now to the discussion calendar. Item two is Thelma Hawk site plan. Is there a presentation? Thank you. Hello. Good evening, Commission members. My name is Tenwa Wong, Associate Landscape Architect with the City of Sacramento. I'd like to review the Thelma and Hawk Park site plan with you tonight. So staff is requesting that PCEC forwards a recommendation to City Council to approve the Thelma and Hawk Park site plan. Thelma Avenue and Hawk Avenue are the cross streets of the park site. Staff will continue to work with the community and council member on naming of the park. The naming of this park will be brought to the commission in the future. So um, this is a location map of Thelma and Hawk Park. Thelma and Hawk Park is located off of West El Camino Avenue and South Natomas at the intersection of Thelma Avenue and Hawk Avenue. The address is 2324 Thelma Avenue. So some background information on the project. A public meeting was held on June 24th, 2023, and input was gathered from the community to develop this park design. A majority of the attendees requested for a playground with group gathering spaces due to many children living in the neighborhood. Not all of the requested amenities could be included on the site plan due to the very limited park size, which is equivalent to a single family residential lot. So Thelma and Hawk Park is a proposed 0.23 acre neighborhood park at the intersection of Hawk Avenue and Thelma Avenue. The park is also adjacent to two existing residential homes, one on the east side of the park here and one on the south side of the park here. So this is the proposed site plan. There is a park sign with accent drought tolerant landscaping at the northwest corner of the park here. So this also creates a focal point for the park entrances also at this corner. Um, there are two park entrances with pedestrian gates provided here and here. Due to the proximity of the existing streets on both sides of the proposed park, there will be a three foot high tubular steel fence along the perimeter of the park here and here with landscaping, including shade trees and drought tolerant shrubs and ground covers. So that's what these are, there and there. So near the park entrance is the main group gathering space, right here, with a shade structure, picnic tables, barbecue grill, serving tables, trash receptacle, and drinking fountain. So toward the interior of the park is the proposed playground with the play area ramp here. Uh, the playground will include combination play areas designed for two to 12 year olds. So the main play structure, which is here, includes an integrated fabric shade canopy with one half of the play structure to accommodate two to five year olds and the other half for five to 12 year olds. 
The playground also includes additional independent play components and swings, like here and here. There is also a group seating area here. Um, and it includes benches for parent supervision underneath the shade trees. A six foot high concrete wall is also along the east and south side of the park here and here to provide privacy to the existing residential homes. There will also be planter areas with drought tolerant landscaping, shrubs and ground covers to provide additional visual interest along this, these walls. So now I'd like to present some photos of the proposed park features. So this is an example of what the privacy wall would look like. Um, here's an example of what the pedestrian gate and steel fence would look like. Here's a photo of um, the proposed play equipment with fabric shade canopy. And here's an example of what the group picnic area with shade structure would look like. Um, so now this concludes my presentation. Are there any questions? Thank you so much. Do we have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. Yes, I have one speaker slip and one hand raised online. Um, the first speaker tonight will be Annette. I came tonight for the awards, but I'm thrilled to see this. I actually live around the corner from this. It was one of my neighbors and I, Monta Guzman, about 2008, that went to our city council member, which was Ray Trethway, so it has been a while, and said, we really don't have a park in this little neighborhood here, and we're blocked off on West El Camino. So it's so exciting to see this. Um, I know we had quite a few people come out. There are children. You heard us because one thing people are saying, we really want a group area with shade structure. We already have planned to do National Night out at the park this next year, so it's got to get done by the first Tuesday in August 2024. That's, uh, that's your marching orders. Um, and I know I'm always thinking, it's a, we have small, you know, small children. You don't want to stick them in the car because after 10 minutes they're bored and they want to come home. This they can just walk on over. They can play a place to people meet. And what I'm looking for during the summer, we all have vegetable gardens. We can all come and meet there one day a week and say, I will swap my zucchini for your tomatoes and this and that. So this is so great. Thank you so much. I just want you to know the neighbors be thrilled. And I've had a lot of people asking, when's it going to happen? And I'll let them know it is happening. So thank you so much. Thank you for your comments. Um, Chair, our next speaker is last four digits, um, four, three, six, six. Please go ahead. Okay, thank you. Chair, we have no other speakers for this item. Thank you. Commissioner Gallardo, good. Thank you. I actually, I jumped out of line to let my colleagues go first, but um, I, think, I think my question is, or comments, is that um, while I honor the work that wants to be done at this location, it feels as though there are some other areas that had, um, definitely had the need 
um, to support our communities, um, especially I think about um, the work that um, has been pending over at um, Mama Marks Park. I think about South Sac. I think about my community um, where I live um, off of um, uh, Freeport. Uh, when I look at pocket parks and had brought them up in the past, so I guess um, just putting that um, out into um, the space. Um, but also, I guess I have some questions. Um, I wanted to know if this was part of the budget that um, was uh, recently um, adopted for fiscal year 23-24, um, any, any costs related to putting this park together. And then my, question, my second question is, what are the landscaping needs um, for this proposed park? Um, right now, we have funding just to develop the, the, the site plan. Uh, we haven't secured funding for construction of the park. Right, Jason. Yeah. And what does that cost? Um, we haven't uh, we haven't developed the cost estimate yet, but we'll be running the numbers. Um, if this gets approved, then we'll we'll run the numbers for. So the cost you want estimate. us to approve um, the project without knowing the budget? Uh, we're just approving just the site just the site plan. Site. Yeah, just okay. the site design. So will that come back to us to the commission as well? Um, once. It'll, no, it won't come back to the commission. We're just trying to get the it's design, just, yeah, design it's, completed. It's, it's just the, the master plan of the park is what we're looking at here. So that's the approval we're looking at. I mean, we run pre preliminary estimates, but we don't know, we don't have the funding. So, I mean, the estimate can range, you know, depending on how long it takes us to raise the funds for this to, uh, you know, to deliver this park site. The maintenance funds are also a concern. Um, right now, this isn't nice. in a maintenance district, so that's one of the things that we still have to work out. Um, but it is a designated park space that didn't have a design or a plan to it yet, so we are taking it forward. And uh, the funds that were available to do this process were actually through SHRA. They were CDBG funds that were provided to do the planning of this park site. How did it become a designated park space? I don't know how the land was acquired. I'd have to do more research on that. Um, Is there anybody here that can answer that question? I can. We bought it in 2008 when land was cheap. Okay, that, that's helpful. That's helpful to know. I just think about opportunities that we have in some of the marginalized communities to create space, green space for our communities of color as well as our families. Um, while I honor this, this work that's being done in this particular community, I also think about the need that we have in other areas um, throughout the city. I think it's been a consistent um, conversation that's taken place, um, especially when it comes to in January when we've had priorities that are listed and then also too during budget time. So um, I just wanted to make sure that I, I bring up the need that we have in other communities as well. Because once, once we get this one in the queue, my feeling is, is that then we'll start looking at, at finding funding, but then we have projects in other communities that we've been pending and pools that aren't open and that type of thing. So um, I, I feel that now we're creating another need that puts a strain on on the, the budget dollars that we have, the precious budget dollars that we have to provide um, public parks to communities. So um, just wanted to make sure that I um, shared my concerns regarding that. Thank you. Thank you. And I typically like to go last, but I kind of want to piggyback while we're having that conversation and while you're here, Mr. Wiseman, um, is that uh, because we have a newer commission, can we kind of clarify the process? So 
Um, you're asking us to pass a motion for the city council to approve the plan, um, but the plan is not funded and it might change. Is there a deadline on the uh, CDBG funding to create the plan that we're working with? Can you explain that a little bit? Yes, the funding expires December of this year, so we're trying to get this approved and have the plan in place uh, with the funding we've been given. Wonderful. So what we're approving is the site plan to develop the park so the plan can be finished and created by the deadline. And then the funding that would come to maintain this park in the future has not yet been identified as well. But it's not going to come back to commission is what I heard you say. So our recommendation would be to go forward with this uh, plan without knowing what the future funding would be to maintain it, correct? Yes, I mean, at this time, yes, we are looking at just approving the plan and then coming up with the, the plan for the plan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to keep going down the queue. So one moment. Um, Vice Chair Gaines. Hi, thank you. Um, so with the um, plate equipment, is that, um, is that uh, accessible for kids with um, physical disabilities? Yes, it's all it's all handicapped. Perfect. All handicapped accessible. Yes. It, it is it is just wood fiber though. Um, it's not the rubber surfacing. You know, like the you know. So it is accessible, but it's not the rubber surfacing. Um, those are additional maintenance costs long term. So uh, what you're looking at would be a, a wood fiber uh, surfacing. Like the wood chips. Wood chips, correct. Okay, so then that piece ne not necessarily like would be able to get a wheelchair over it. Uh, it, it is. I mean, it meets accessibility code, but yes, I mean, it's not it's not rubber uh, surfacing like you know an accessible, universally accessible playground would be. Commissioner Robbins. Yes, uh, I just want to clarify that it has been a 15-year wait. I think on this park right now, they bought the land back in 2008, and um, it's been pushed and pushed. I had to thank Annette from the GNNA that happened to be here because she's been the one that's been fighting to get this done. And when we had her uh, councilmember Telemontes heard about this, this was an action plan for her, and she uh, teamed up with uh, uh, Assemblymember Kevin McCarty to find the funding. And so that's where most of this is coming from right here. So it's a very neglected area that's uh, uh, barged in by uh, highways and power lines. The local neighborhood does not have foot access to a local park. So like we said, we had the design crew come out and show us two different designs, and they got this done really quick. So I just thank you for the quick turnaround because the money does need to be spent by the end of the year or this will not happen. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to clarify on all this, that how it happened. I hope we could get the motion to move this forward so we can have this nice park in our area. So thank you again. You got a hand up and a hand down. All right, we've got two commissioners sharing a, a screen, so forgive me. I love it. Vice Chair Gaines. Sorry, I was just thinking again. Is there a reason, especially since we don't have a budget yet anyway, that we wouldn't start off having this park be accessible? In, that, in the way that some of our parks are like completely accessible where wheelchairs are able to go? Because I'm gonna be completely real with you guys. I want to vote yes because I think that this is a great idea. Consciously, I can't, knowing that it's not accessible without knowing like the reason why we would go wood chips and not fiber. 
And, and right now, I mean, we're getting into the, like a lot of the lifeline, how long these rubber surfacings are lasting. I mean, we're maybe getting eight to 10 years out of them. Uh, and, you know, we're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars to renovate where the wood chips are more, you know, maintained, you know, they're uh, more budget friendly, I guess, for the long-term price of it. So we've been reserving more of the community parks that are, you know, accessible to a larger group of people and trying to put the rubber surfacing there because um, of the ongoing maintenance costs really is what it comes down to. So then the, the pieces around the main play structure is that, are those, um, whatever they are, are they also on wood chips or are they on grass? Uh, the whole area right there in the surrounding area is wood chips. So there'd be a ramp down to the wood chips and then the, the whole playground area. So there's area. the handicap ramp that leads folks into, into the main play structure? Okay, so there is a ramp though to get there. And then the little circles all around, are those also wood chipped? Is that why they're in circles? That's actually the fall zones like, that you have to, when we're designing a playground, there's certain areas that you have to design. Uh, you can't have overlapping things over there because uh, the fall zones that are required by code. So are they just in the grass then? No, they're in the wood chips. The whole area is wood chips. The whole... Um, the whole playground. The whole playground. Everything. This is all wood chips, yes. Oh, that was not clear to me. So is there any grass? No, there's no grass in this park. Once again, for maintenance and the size of this thing is only the size of a residential lot. And by adding turf here would be another maintenance uh, burden to, to mow it regularly. Okay, that wasn't clear. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Vice Chair. Um, knowing that, and I think we have a similar park in District 5 that's very small, uh, like this, like a pocket park um, with a similar setup. Um, knowing that and knowing that we don't have the funding yet, so maybe we could aim a little higher, what is the possibility of a walkway that comes through it to add um, a little more access to the play structures? Is that something that's possible? Well, once again, I mean, anything's possible with money and ongoing funding, but, um, you know, we've done that. We've tried that model a couple of times at these smaller neighborhood parks, uh, and it's just, it goes in disrepair. You know, as I said, they're lasting eight to ten years. And then it's it's hard to come back and find funding to go replace that. You know, when you're looking at anywhere, you know, thirty to fifty thousand dollars for just a walkway to replace it. Um, so it's it's really comes down to the maintenance dollars. Thank you for your answer. And I do want to remind uh, the members of the audience that if you'd like to speak at the end, the next time we have a chance, um, then you can fill out another speaker slip, and then you can speak later. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Flores, please. Uh, yeah, uh, my comments, uh, maybe, maybe Commissioner Robbie, you can help out a little bit of some of the neighbor feedback you heard at some of these meetings over the summer to help us, um, since you're the conduit in this, in this, in this uh, instance, if, if you can share some of the neighbor feedback that has happened since the summer. Yes, we had uh, two designs, and I think uh, one of them was mainly just a playground because it's a very youth-friendly area, and they really wanted this design to be approved, basically, and we had a vote with everybody, and I think it was like two times we actually went out to the site, I want to say, but one, we had a really good turnout. It was a two- to three-hour event where all the neighborhoods came out, and they voted for this for the local area. I mean, there is parks around there, and there, this does have funding, and I don't think it's going to really uh, hurt too much. 
on our side of maintenance, especially when you have drought tolerant uh, wood chips, like we were saying, it's a best design for this area and this pocket area. So I understand everyone's concerns, but I mean, like I said, everybody's been waiting for this park for a very, very long time. So um, yeah, thank you. Vice Chair Gaines, is your hand still up? Um, no, my thing won't turn off. Oh. So I'm just gonna be up there this whole time because look, see, I turn it up. Oh, there it goes. Okay, do I have any more commissioner comments for this item? Okay, um, then do we have a motion? I motion. A second. Would you like to say what you would like the motion to be? A <laughs> uh, motion to have this master plan approved, please. And I second Commissioner Robbins' motion. Thank you. Thank you. I have a motion to pass this site plan for Thelma Hawk Park from Commissioner Robbins and a second by Commissioner Boone. All in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Abstentions? Wonderful. The motion is passed. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you. you to thank you everyone on Yipsy staff for working with us and answering our questions and to our community members for their continued advocacy for their neighborhoods. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Okay, so we are gonna move on to the next item. And our next item is item three, protecting natural areas in the city of Sacramento. And because I'm still seeing a lot of people here in the audience tonight, and because I heard moments before walking in here tonight that we had over 40 e-comments on this item, um, then I would like to make a motion to change this from receive and file to, um, to entertain public discussion. So do I have a second to hear public comment on this item? Thank you. All in favor say aye. Any opposed? Abstentions. Thank you. Okay, so because I am changing this agenda item up a little bit so that we can have public comment on this item, if you're online and you would like to speak, this should now become open for members of the public to raise their hands. And if you're here in the audience, you can come and fill out a speaker slip so that you can speak on this item after we have a presentation. Uh, do we have our presentation? Yes, it's time. Please come on up. Share with us what you'd like to discuss tonight. Uh, the name of this item is Protecting Natural Areas in the City of Sacramento. Hello, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Alta Tura, and uh, thank you for uh, granting us this time tonight to um, make uh, this presentation on the, the city's natural areas. Our purpose is to provide information on this important natural infrastructure, the value it provides, its needs and challenges, and some opportunities for better stewardship. The paper provided to you was created by volunteers who have spent many hours over decades enjoying the city's natural areas, conducting stewardship activities, and observing their decline. Several of us have participated in city park processes to address issues with mixed results. We hope that tonight's presentation will provide a basis for beginning a serious conversation on some systemic 
solutions and result in the commission sending to the city council recommendations for establishing a natural areas program for your department. Tim Vindlinski, a longtime volunteer steward of Del Paso Regional Park, uh, will make the presentation for our group now. Thank you. Thank you, Alta. I'm gonna, I don't, I wasn't exactly sure how many minutes I have allotted to me for this presentation. So give me, give me a time target and I'll meet it. Is there, About 30 just minutes. use my judgment. 30 minutes, does that work? 30 minutes? Oh, that's more than enough, thank you. Um, I, just, I wanted to say, uh, in, um, first of all, my, my first job out of college, I was hired by Ray Trethaway to work for the Sacramento Tree Foundation and spent a summer with at-risk youth, some who were formerly incarcerated, planting trees around Sacramento. So I'm, I'm in the tree club too. Um, so uh, what you have in front of you here is actually a jewel of the city. This is um, Longview Oaks Preserve. This is in Del Paso Regional Park. Uh, conservationists worked 17 years to save this from industrial development. The city council, in their wisdom, uh, designated this as a, a permanent natural area in 2002. What it, um, part of that process has shown over the years, though, is there is not a systematic program in the city for designating natural areas. And in fact, there's not, there's not even a municipal code for what a natural area is in the city. And uh, Sacramento is blessed with many natural assets and could, um, what we are here to do uh, from as the conservation community is to add value to the city, to partner with you, to bring resources, uh, expertise, resources of funding, um, so that the city has the natural areas network that it deserves. And the city of Sacramento could be a leader in the Central Valley, the Sacramento Valley, in the state, in the Western United States. There are natural areas programs around the, around the West um, that we could borrow their expertise, we could borrow their models, and we could um, bring them in. And so we're not taking anything away from anybody or anything away from the city. We're adding to it. We're adding resources. We're adding value. Um, it was great to have the tribal folks here earlier today because we are on, on unceded land. Um, and just to turn back the clock a little bit, uh, if, if you have read the paper, um, thank you very much. If you haven't read it, please spend about 15 or 30 minutes reading through the paper. Um, it talks about the tribal presence on the, the natural areas in Sacramento. And if you go back to 1848, when really uh, the, the European settlement and the destruction of these lands really took hold, prior to that, um, think about it as tribal land. Um, and what we have uh, in the world today are two crises. We have a climate crisis and we have a biodiversity crisis. Now, um, you folks know about the climate adaptation plan. And really what we have in the city right now is we have four plans going forward. The general plan update, the climate plan, the forest plan, and parks plan 2040. And what we're calling on the commission and the city council is to unite those plans. The common element here that could take care of a lot of the city's problems are natural areas. 
Um, what we're looking at here is a oak, a oak savanna. Um, people talk a lot about trees sequestering greenhouse gases. Grasslands sequester greenhouse gases. And grasses take a lot less water to maintain than trees. And one of the most endangered ecosystems on the planet are grasslands. Sacramento has native grasslands within its boundaries. Um, but if you do roll, roll back the clock, you, you would think about um, uh, the, the valley, unfragmented, rich with biodiversity, plants and animals, creeks, rivers, forests, prairies, the tribes. And then that, beginning in 1848, all got fragmented. And things started falling apart. And um, what we're here today is, is to propose a, a, a ambitious plan to knit it back together, to knit these fragmented natural areas landscapes back together in a systematic way, knit them back together through protected corridors of creeks, protected pollinator pathways, bicycles, hiking trails, and all that. So that's, that's really the essence of, of what we're trying to, to do with this plan. Um, the, uh, I, th I think we can, let's see, do I? I want to advance here. So um, the coalition here under the uh, umbrella of the Environmental Council of Sacramento, and, and they're, of course, one of the most well-established environmental organizations in California. Uh, we have 16 partners. So six, 16 partner organizations are behind this plan, and their logos are, are up, up on the screen. Let's talk about biological diversity. So to, to your credit, the city is marching forward with a climate adaptation and action plan. But what's missing is a plan to protect plants and animals. Um, we are in a biodiversity crisis. The sixth mass extinction is underway, and it's being caused by anthropogenic, human-caused impacts. Sacramento, uh, and ha have any of you ever wanted to work on global issues on the commission? Chairwoman, you are working on global issues because we're in the middle of one of 33 biodiversity hotspots in the world. That's the California Floristic Province. You can see it there. A biodiversity hotspot is when you have an unusual concentration and diversity of plants and animals that are in places which are also very attractive to human settlement and development, and you have unusually harsh uh, threats and risks to those habitats, to those underlying habitats. So you can see where they're, they're, they're placed around the globe. Um, this is the biodiversity hotspot that you're in the middle of right now, Sacramento, and that's just some of it. We have these elder states trees, these, these oak trees that are three, 400 years old. We have vernal pools, we have creeks and rivers. Um, this is the fragmentation. So what we have is this, the yellow blob is the development um, that has torn asunder the native habitats, the native tribal lands, and created this patchwork of little fragments of habitat. However, new scientific studies are showing that the, even small habitats, if taken care of properly, can still support biodiversity. And that is to say just these little scraps of habitat within that yellow zone, which is your, your city, um, there are birds that are flying up to, from Mexico to, to nest there, from 
uh, Central America, from South America. We're in a, the, a flyway, and, and so it, we have the, it's, it's these little scraps, we, we can't take them for granted. They've been taken for granted too long. Um, this is the fragmentation um, compared to the conservation lands uh, that we have. And you can see that a lot of the conservation is up in the uh, foothills and in the forest. That's a, uh, some federal land. But we also have some very important areas, Stone Lakes Natural Reserve, the Casumnas River Preserve. Um, and you can see these, the, the little patches that we're going to talk about tonight, because we have in this paper profiles of, of nine areas within the eight council districts. Um, we're going to go through those. So, but you can see just from this map of just how precious and fragmented these remaining natural areas are. So what we thought is, okay, we want to come to the commission, we want to come to the city council, and we want to lay out the story, but we want to make it meaningful to all of you and show that all of you have a stake in this, and you all have natural areas in your district. And so that's what we wanted to go through. Within those areas, we have oaks and prairies, we have the vernal pools, we have waterfowls and wetlands, we have creeks and rivers. And these things have intrinsic value in and of themselves. When I first started working on Del Paso Regional Park, I was still in my teens, and I was told at that time, well, we just haven't finished developing that yet. And I was looking at it because I'd taken science in school before I started working with the Tree Foundation, realizing, wait, there, don't develop that there's already something here. It's nature. <laughs> and so we want to we get across this idea that nature has intrinsic value. It's not just something that's left over until we develop it. So what are the threats to these little pockets? Well, we have off-road vehicles. And I want to um, do a shout out right now to Sean Aylesworth and Jonathan Moscato, Shannon Brown, who have done so much to protect the site security of Del Paso Regional Park and other areas in the city to prevent the off-road vehicle damage. Um, the camping and dumping is a huge societal problem. It's come to roost here in our natural areas. That camp right there is under a 400-year-old blue oak tree um, that, that the, the colleagues here from the city have also are we're keeping an eye on that. Because once the encampments get established, it's hard to get them out. The toxic waste. That picture was taken on a day where there was a fire at the north um, substation, uh, that the sanitation landfill substation. They put the fire out, and all the drainage water from the, um, the fire department drained out of the, the waste pile all went into the Arcade Creek right there through that pipe. We have microplastics. This little doll is my uh, talisman, if you will, for microplastics. Most of the plastics I find over there are uh, in the creeks are, uh, there's, a, of course, a lot of plastics. And, but a lot of styrofoam and things like that. But she, she's my, you know, she's my spirit doll there. Um, and then horticultural weeds. Um, uh, that's uh, one of the many invasive uh, trees that, of course, are beautiful, but also very uh, disruptive to the ecology. Um, and then poor park decisions. And we're, we're going to talk about a little bit of that, where we're trying to force too much uh, intensive recreation into these little patches of nature. What do uh, these parks give us, or these natural areas give us, besides just beauty? Well, um, they're part of our stormwater management system. And as the general plan talks about and the climate adaptation plan talks about, we're entering a period of uh, intense heat, intense storms, intense floods, intense droughts. Uh, and when, when it rains, uh, and you saw it this year, we need to be ready for it. These are wetlands in the regional park system um, 
that are absorbing vast amounts, we're talking tens if not hundreds of thousands of gallons of water, recharging the groundwater, attenuating the flood damage so that the main, this is a wetland that's flowing into a creek, the main creek then doesn't have so much flood water just racing to it like a fire hose out of a, a storm drain. Um, summer shading and cooling, this is a, this is a tree, these are you're all tree people, we, we know that we need um, the trees. One thing that's uh, important to think about in these natural areas is uh, the trees are there for the asking. There's a lot of native regeneration of these trees. The oaks want to be oaks, um, and yet they're, a lot of the times they're plowed under, they're scraped under, they're weed whacked, they're whatever. We don't need to necessarily plant a lot of trees in these natural areas because the trees are already growing there. What we need to do is subtract the non-native shrubs, the non-native trees, that um, are both disrupting the ecology but also could be fire hazards. So um, some of this is, is actually just going with what we already have and, and stewarding the native oaks to come back. Uh, Yellow-billed magpies, uh, Sacramento is one of the last strongholds for that, that uh, bird. We have river otters in our creeks. Uh, we have lizards. I wanted to show at least some of the different um, taxonomic groups of the animals. What else, though, do the uh, open spaces do for us? Well, um, that's something that you can help with because what we viewed these natural areas so far, again, is like, well, we just need to develop more stuff in them. But we haven't taken enough time to celebrate nature and to celebrate ourselves in that. And uh, what I've said is, why don't we have bird festivals in these natural areas? Why not, why, why not have a Black Birders Week in Sacramento? and get them out there. And the, the, the cross-country uh, people uh, getting exercise in nature, but that's, that's um, now impeded by the encampments. We need to deal with the encampments. Um, with the AmeriCorps people, we take them out to the natural areas, we teach them vocational skills that they can use for environmental careers. Um, it's just, and, and, the, and, and then the, the young people here in the picture, we show them what stewardship is and give them self-confidence and, and knowledge about nature. So there's some really detailed recommendations in the paper that I presented. They're just super summarized here, but what we want you to all do is we want you to establish a citywide natural areas program. We want to connect the isolated patches of nature with trails and habitat corridors. We want to link the natural areas program with the city's four plans. There could be a thematic link between these four plans of being the natural areas, and they're going to take care of all uh, like priorities in all of those four plans. We need to, uh, you'll, you'll see as we do the profiles, and I'm keeping an eye on my time here, although I can't, uh-oh, I, I, I didn't turn on my clock, so I'm going to have to be good. Um, where one of the things you're going to see as we go through the site profiles is that uh, the weeds, the encampments, the trash, the feral cats, the things like that, those are kind of common. So you could take any one of these natural areas and those are going to be priorities. But there's also some unforced errors. Um, we shouldn't be putting rodenticides in the natural areas um, that, that kill our valuable wildlife. Um, we also should not be putting intensive recreation in the natural areas. And we want to partner with those user groups and partner with the city 
to find appropriate places where we can build intensive recreational assets, whether it's a skate park, a BMX track, a disc golf course, and landscape around it. Take advantage of our expertise from the environmental community. Let's take a, a blighted or underappreciated piece of land and turn it into something great, rather than taking a great asset and, and possibly degrading it permanently. Um, and then we want to explore future funding partnerships with federal and state agencies. Um, and it may take a municipal bond or may, may take a revenue uh, measure on, on the ballot. And in the paper, this is all hyperlinked to these actual bond measures that other cities have done. And you can go in there and see what they've done, whether it's a sales tax or a parcel tax, because we want you to hire um, a staff to augment your existing park staff. The recreation they're taking care of is great, but we're talking about something slightly different, and that's a natural areas program with soil scientists, hydrologists, range management, fire management, things like that. So let's take a quick uh, spin around the city, and we're gonna start here in District 1 at Fisherman's Lake, and we're gonna just go through a, a little bit of the highlights here. These are all in the paper again. This is a 35-acre uh, parcel. Um, and, and right away we run into a situation, is this or is this not protected? If you look at some city documents, it looks like it is. If you look at some signs, it looks like it kind of is. It talks about a seasonal wildlife refuge, which is great, but we're not exactly sure what part of that it is. Um, this is a great extension of the Natomas Basin uh, Conservancy lands. Um, it has a great uh, bicycle route through it. There's a lot of great uh, native vegetation along there. And you can see where it is in that upper right-hand picture of just how densely populated it is around there and what an asset it can be to that, that neighborhood. Um, but this is a case where even a modest adjustment in the way that the city is managing these lands could make a big difference to um, the people who live there and the, the plants and animals that live there. Next we go to Del Paso Regional Park. I've already talked a little bit about that. Uh, that's out in District 2. Um, I've talked a little bit with Commissioner Liu about this. Um, the, the far right-hand part of that picture, the eastern side, the county is uh, trying to take that back from the city in a de-annexation process. So um, half of that property, uh, it would be uh, east of Watt Avenue, half of that land is designated as natural areas, and the county wants to de-annex that, take it back, and they have no plan for the natural areas. Um, you can see from the right-hand picture, the upper right-hand picture, that of the 640-acre park, um, most of it is actually active recreation. The softball complex is there. We have uh, one 18-hole golf courses, two 19-hole golf, two nine-hole golf courses, and then the Arcade Creek uh, corridor there. Um, and the city um, just raised $3.25 million to renovate uh, Renfrey Field, which we're very uh, happy about. Um, on District 3, uh, over to Bannon Creek Parkway, or Grand Bannon Creek Park, Parkway and Preserve. This is a, a linear park. You can see all the different neighborhoods it connects. Um, so again, it's that connectivity concept, not just for wildlife, but for people. And, uh, as well. There's cultural resources. The, there's the old Acevedo barn. There's uh, elderberry along that uh, area, which then is the host to the elderberry longhorn beetle, one of your endangered species here. Um, and that, of course, we had the earlier uh, uh, presentation to the Natomas Garden and Arts Collective. They have their pollinator garden there. And uh, it could just be a tremendous asset, even just with, again, a slight adjustment in the way it's managed. 
uh, with some greater uh, expertise in sort of a scientific and uh, land stewardship approach, and, and that could be uh, the jewel that it already is, but more so. Um, the next uh, place is in District 3, Ray and Judy Trethaway Oak Preserve. Um, the size of the, the area is 13 acres. Um, nine of those acres were designated as a natural area. Um, however, that's another one that, again, what is a natural area? And we do need to get to a formal designation of what is a natural area. What does that mean? What kind of leverage does that give the city? Um, this park has been threatened by some uh, infrastructure development from uh, Sacramento Area Flood Control Agency, potentially threatened with development with uh, the SMUD um, corridor, um, you know, utility corridor that goes through there. So these are things to keep in mind. You can see, though, that it does have some of the largest and oldest oaks remaining, not just in Sacramento, but the Sacramento Valley. Over to District 4 and... Um, Sutter's Landing Regional Park. You can see the strip along the American River Parkway there. Um, obviously a beautiful place and enjoyed by, by many. Um, the real opportunity area here though is in the, the, the Sutter's Landing Regional Park, the landfill, the capped landfill there, uh, which is 215 acres. And um, there's all kinds of opportunities there. What we're asking for there is a preparing a comprehensive master plan to really look at all that land, how it could be used, um, and to deal with some of these, these, these activities that are detracting from that area. Again, some of the ones I mentioned, the illegal dumping, uh, the raucous parties, uh, and so forth. But this could really be an, a great turning this, uh, this uh, landfill into a great asset for, for the city. Um, we're gonna go over to District 5, Trolley Park. Uh, this is this little horseshoe area that's, um, that is between uh, a dense residential area and also the golf course. Um, this was an area that uh, was designated as a natural area in 2009. Um, I know that it was uh, a problem area for encampments, like so many places in the city. Uh, the city reversed that the decision to protect it as a natural area in 2018 and allowed a disc golf course to be constructed there. Um, Again, we want to be partners with the disc golf course community. We want to find places, but we, we don't want to have a situation where we work for years on getting special areas designated as natural areas only to have them then developed as an intensive recreational site. We go to Granite Regional Park. This, um, this is a, another one of these opportunities. It's a huge piece of land, former mining area. There's some ball fields out there. Um, this is an area where it's, there was a master plan done for it, but it's hard to get a hold of. So for, some, for an organization like us, for, for, for a coalition of 16 groups, we try to look up, well, what does that master plan say? And then you can't find it online. Uh, under a natural areas program, you'd have all those plans all consolidated in one place that's accessible, that's transparent. Um, but there's obviously with 162 acres, there's a tremendous opportunity here to have all kinds of uh, assets and there could be active recreation in there in addition to nature. Uh, we just, it, it's kind of a black box. It's, it's, it's a large space which, which future is uncertain and we'd like to work with you to make that more certain. Um, this next park, this is uh, this, uh, the, su the southern part of this park uh, is 19 acres, uh, 19 and a half acres that's designated in Reichmuth Park. 
the entire park is 43 acres. So on just under half was designated as a natural area. And because of the good work of local birders, uh, we've identified um, the highest density of migrating songbirds in this park than any place else in the city. So this one little patch, remember I was telling you about the little birds that are flying up from Columbia, and then they go and there's, they, they land on that one patch, they know where to find it. Um, and this again was, was a, a place that was designated um, as a natural area. In 2010, there was a proposal for a disc golf course that was rejected, and then in 2016, uh, that decision was overturned by city staff and they put a disc golf course in the natural area. Um, there's also, uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, to interrupt you and say that your presentation is not on the recording, can we put that back on? I think we've switched from the presentation to a camera view. The live feed. Yes, this is a wonderful. Okay, thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. Okay, and we're just about at time, sir. And, we're, and I'm just about out of time too. Uh, I, I do. There, there, we do. I do need to turn over to Mayor Fargo though for, for closing comments. Um, this next uh, area in North Laguna Creek Park, uh, that is an area which is also. Um, it's very difficult to understand what's happening there. It was part, part of a, a Corps of Engineers mitigation requirement. There's 117 acres, North Laguna Creek wildlife area. There's virtually no information about that. And again, this is something where this could be a great asset to the city. Let's have that all part of a programmatic, a systematic plan to protect these areas and, um, and restore them. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Mayor Fargo for closing comments. Thank you so much for your um, undivided attention and for the good work you do. I'm sorry? Oh, I'm sorry. The one last, the one last, please. There you go. That's that. And then that's the, that's the closing slide. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, give her a little so, more time there. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want to overdo it. The, the one question we had about this, this, this Laguna Parkway plan was what was happening with that big square, and that was really hard to find out. Um, if that was a potential park zone, or is that spoken for by development? So um, that we talk about that in the, in the document. Thank you so much. If I'd known I was going to need this when I presented, I would have done a better job designing this podium. Uh, anyway, it's nice to be here. Thank you for your time and for your attention. Thank you for serving on the commission. Uh, and thank you for recognizing your role uh, in the natural areas of Sacramento. And that's really what we're here to talk about tonight. Um, I will give you just a brief summary of kind of what we're asking for, what we're hoping for. Um, we know that this issue is not going to be resolved tonight, uh, but we're hoping that this starts a conversation both with this commission, uh, with city staff, not just from this department, but from other departments as well. Because part of what we're seeing happening uh, in the city um, is that we're sort of seeing a diminution, if I can use that word, um, of the importance uh, of nature in Sacramento. 
the general plan has diluted most of what was referred to in previous general plan, plan, plans about preserving natural areas and protecting them. Uh, I believe the new parks plan has kind of done the same thing, and I think that it needs to be highlighted rather than um, dismissed. Uh, and also part of the problem that we're seeing is, as community members is the disconnect between the different plans, the fact that there's, they're not integrated. Um, and I think that uh, as advocates for parks and recreation and, um, and enrichment, part of your job as commissioners is to be those advocates on behalf of the citizens that you represent. Uh, we expect that of our staff, but we also expect that of our commissioners as well because it's very important for the staff to have the backup of the commission in order to remind the rest of the city staff that they need to give the respect and support to the Parks and Recreation Department that they expect themselves. And sometimes this department is not as respected as others, and, and it needs to be. Uh, I really think that, that your involvement as a, a as a department is critical for the natural areas because there is nobody else in the city of Sacramento who is responsible for it or cares. So that's why you need to be involved. We need your advocacy and we need your effort to really help us look at, at nature and the role of nature in Sacramento. Um, I, you know, probably a good example would be, and this is, is not a city issue, so it's easier to use it as an example, um, the use of Discovery Park, not as a natural area, not as an area where nature is welcome, um, but as a concert site for thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, with no concern for what happens to the natural environment that is there. It's a county problem, it's not your problem, but it's an example of what we as environmentalists and citizens who care about nature in Sacramento um, look at. Uh, we think that nature matters not only for the natural environment, not only for the wildlife and the birds and, and the biodiversity that we're trying to support, but it also matters to people. Um, it, it affects our mental health. It is a way of helping people feel better about themselves in the world if they have access to nature. I mean, this has been proven, even kids in school, if there are trees outside of the classrooms of schools, in schools, the kids learn more. I mean, it's just part of who we are. We can't help it. We are an, a natural being ourselves, and we need to, to focus on it from a human point of view but also, as, as Tim mentioned earlier, climate change is a huge issue, if not the issue of our generation, my generation as well as yours, um, which we need to take seriously. Uh, there is no other tree in the planet, at least in this region, other than the mighty valley oak that does a better job of carbon sequestration. But do we protect those oaks? Sometimes. Um, so we need you to be thinking about this in the natural areas of the districts that you represented, and we tried to, to show you that this really is a citywide issue. Um, we're very lucky in Sacramento that we live at the confluence of two major rivers. Uh, we have a lot of creeks. We have a lot of natural areas. Um, people who came before you and before me preserved a lot of the places of Sacramento that were of value, and I really think that, that it's on us to be the stewards of these sites to not only maintain them and protect them, but to improve them. Uh, and to knit them together, as, as Tim was talking about, and with trails, with pollinator corridors, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, we're also lucky, I believe, that we're surrounded by agriculture, which also adds a lot to the biodiversity of the area. And we are seen as one of, I believe, 33 global biodiversity hotspots. 
And I don't think we recognize that enough, that we are a special place on this earth. And we have a role in dealing with climate change that other people can't do. We have to do that. Um, the Pacific Flyway, for example, I just heard from the Audubon Society, 8 billion birds a year use the Pacific Flyway through Sacramento. Um, and some of them just stay near the causeway, but a lot of them come into our yards, they come into our parks. We need to make sure that they have a spot to rest um, and, and to survive. So as you can see, we, we've got these natural areas throughout every district. Uh, we believe a lot of them are suffering. Uh, and part of what needs to happen is this department needs to get the right staff, the right subcontractors, the right training, the right education, so that we can maintain those natural areas. That's going to mean that we need, you guys need a bigger bite of the budget. Um, we are here to help you do that. <laughs> uh, we need you to be advocates for that on behalf of the staff and on behalf of the public. Um, I recognize that, that you know, you're reminded all the time you don't have enough money. Well, let's think about where we can get some more money. Let's think about what else we need to do. Let's think about what other departments are doing. For example, in the parkway that, that I spend a lot of my time near, which is the Banner Creek Parkway, there are three city departments and one state agency that have their fingers in that parkway. So we as volunteers are trying to preserve it, trying to improve it. And what do we find but men with chainsaws walking down our parkway, the very contractors that are supposed to be doing weed control. We're not allowed to use weed eaters in the parkway. We had to get permits to work in there. But the city is paying contractors to take chainsaws into my parkway. That's a, it's, a, it's a brutal example, but it's a graphic example I hope you remember because these are the kinds of concerns we have. We want, we want the system to change because right now there really isn't anybody in charge of these natural areas doing it in a way that preserves them, that highlights them, that celebrates them. Um, and we really do want to see the, 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 the different plans, the general plan, the park plan, the tree plan, if it ever happens. And um, pardon me, it's been being worked on a very long time. Uh, and the community plans to be integrated, to support what this department needs to do. So the one question we have for you, other than please support us, please support this effort, we don't really know what the next steps are. We're not sure from a direction point of view. We're looking to you for direction. Do we need to present this to every to the other commissions, like the Planning Commission, and, and I guess there isn't really a Climate Change Commission or a Transportation Commission, but you know we are hoping to present this to the City Council. Um, but what we'd really like from you is some direction. We'd love to have your support in terms of a resolution or some kind of action asking the City Council to make this a priority. Uh, if we think climate change is critical, then let's do our job. So thank you all for listening to me. Thank you for what you're doing. And we're available to answer any questions you might have. But look forward to the discussion. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Mayor Fargo. And as I did change this agenda item up a little bit from receive and file to receive and discuss uh, because of the public input, I would like to give uh, Yipsy an opportunity to make a statement ahead of public comment, if you wish. Thank you, Chair. Um, and thank you to our presenters. We did have an opportunity to start this conversation just this last week um, and meet with several of you. Um, I really appreciate your, your input and your commitment to our, to our parks and our space. Um, as you heard, all of everything you've heard today or tonight um, impacts our parks plan, our general plan. Both of those plans are currently being updated. Um, so I would like to quickly invite Dana Repan, um, our senior planner and our project manager for a parks plan, 
To provide a quick update on the timeline of those plans and opportunities for additional feedback and input. Sure. Uh, Thanks, good evening, Chair, Commissioners, Dana Repian, Senior Planner and Parks Plan Lead. Um, so you recall the general plan team was here in June and they gave an update on where they're at in their process at that point. Um, since that time, the general plan public comment closed on August 23rd and the next day they opened the public comment on the master environmental impact report. So that is currently out for public review until October 10th. Um, so they're ex expecting or anticipating taking um, the general plan update and the climate action and adaptation plan um, to city council for adoption in February of next year. Um, so there's still an opportunity to comment on that general plan. Um, they, they still take comments in, even though the public comment closed, they'll still take your comments in too. So I just wanted to make that point clear. Um, as far as the parks plan, uh, it's being drafted at this point. We don't have a draft parks plan for public review at this time. We come at the heels of the general plan update. So we look at the policies that are being generated through that process and see how that impacts our process and the parks plan update. So we use that as kind of our framework to develop more specific policy recommendations, action plans, and so on that we will take to the public, to your commission, to the uh, Sacramento Youth Commission, um, all the commissions that we can reach out to and to our stakeholder groups for their input on draft policies, implementation actions, and so on. So that process is coming. We're still, we still have time to comment on draft language for that, and I look forward to bringing that to you um, for your review as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and so we're expecting to bring that forward towards the end of this year for draft um, input, so to speak, and then when the parks plan is out for public review in early part of next year, then we'll take more public comment from the public. So really have a lot of time to get public comment in. Um, and if all goes as planned, we hope to have that parks plan adopted by spring of next year. So March timeframe, hopefully. Okay. Sure. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So because we are going to be opening this up for public comment, if you're in the audience and you would like to speak, please come to the desk here and fill out a speaker slip um, if you have not already. Do we have any members of the public who would like to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. Yes, I have five speaker slips and four hands raised online. The first speaker will be Ken. Hello, uh, my name is uh, Ken Leonard. I am the caretaker head volunteer of the Richmouth uh, Disc Golf Course. Uh, my, I've donated over thousands of dollars to the course myself and put over hundreds of hours of, of labor into the course with work parties. Um, my background is I have an outdoor um, recreation degree. Uh, I was a park ranger for 10 years. I worked in county, state, and national parks. Um, that taught me, and I also studied that there's those, that's a hierarchy uh, between protections of, of a city protection level park, state park, national parks, and designated wilderness. Um, the city of Sacramento already has a high protected park, which is Del Paso Regional Park, and um, the disc golf course was removed as a result. Um, Richmouth is not designated in that fashion. It is a multi-use park, and it does not have the level of a state national designated wilderness as this group is proposing to change, and I do not support it, it to change to that level. 
I think that the things that they're trying to address and trying to get changed can be done, and I agree with a lot of it, but it does not need to have a different designation to do so. Uh, the number one park user of um, the park is disc golfers. Um, we have hundreds of, of people there daily. Um, the disc golf course occupies only one third of the nature grove of the park. Uh, two thirds of it has been left natural. The damage to the actual plants and trees has been minimal. We've had some blackberries, that, um, the non-native plant that's gotten removed. We've had uh, vines, non-native vines get removed. They have died, they actually help the, na the natural um, oak trees. Uh, in the park, and then we've had some baby oak trees die. That is uh, uh, an outcome of disc golf um, at times. Um, the number one threat, I believe, to the Grove is fire. And um, homeless activity is the number one activity that typically causes those fires. Look at what's happened in the American Parkway. Um, our, our disc golf um, course, once it's been established, has almost eliminated um, homelessness um, in the park in, in its entirety. I have multiple stories where disc golfers actually seen homeless start fires in our, our parks where they have called and stopped it before it could even grow. Our presence there is actually protecting this grove, not, not doing significant damage. Um, we've, I've been informed by the Parks Department that the crime has dropped um, since the disc golf course has been um, implemented, which we've been very proud of. Um, I feel we've already compromised with the Berg Group. We've met with them. We actually closed the park now when it's flooded. They, in their report, they, they state that there is, um, you know, birds and certain wildlife in, in a, that come into those flooded areas. We agreed last year to close all three months while the park was closed, and we, we, we pledged to do that um, moving forward. Um, I have actually quite a few other number of items that I could name in, in other ways we've um, supported this bird group, and I, I don't have time for that, unfortunately. I just got a couple more seconds. Please bear with me. Thank um, you for your comments. Your time is up. Yes, okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and as we move forward with the comments, I've had time to peruse these 40E comments as we've been uh, speaking, and I just wanna make clear that this is not a staff report to remove any disc golf courses. This is a presentation uh, brought forward at my request to explain our natural areas to our commissioners, explain what we have, um, and to hear the ask that we, as we've been described as the first defenders of our green space here in Sacramento, protect, uh, pay attention to, and take care of as we um, we are the, the holders of the green space, so I just want to make that very clear. There is no ask to remove any disc golf uh, courses. Uh, thank you. Let's continue. Thank you, Chair. Our next speaker is Nancy. Good evening. I'm Nancy Lindsay. Thank you for being here and paying attention. You guys are all on it. Um, I tell you, I had goosebumps listening to the, the speakers on the opportunity that we have for this natural areas program. <clears throat> and I feel like Sacramento is this biodiversity hotspot. It has such a unique opportunity to weave these different little pieces of the ecosystem together and really protect them. There's lots of uh, words that we've had around a nature area or protected area. Like, let's put some meat behind that to say what is it, how does it really work, train the staff, the, the wonderful city staff of like, what does that really mean? Add the right people to make the program uh, succeed. 
uh, because there is a difference in what you're managing for active recreation versus nature and preserving that for the Pacific Flyway and the, the fauna and the fish that are in the stream. So it's a different skill set and it is a different emphasis and I think they, they all deserve um, that, that level of focus. So I think it's a, an amazing opportunity. I'm sad that everybody left who got um, awards for planting trees because I'm sure they would be going, yes, we, this is good because why do we have the trees? We have the trees as part of nature, right? It's part of the, uh, our resiliency for climate adaptation. It's part of our uh, ecosystem protection and our, our just community health. And I really feel like if we, you know, we open this session with let's uh, be aware of the indigenous people who went before us and honor those landscapes. This is one of the ways to really weave back uh, the landscapes that are unique to Sacramento to honor our indigenous ancestors and, and, and uh, predecessors here on this land. Thank you so much. Thank you for your comment. Our next speaker is Matthew. Hello. Hello, Chair, Vice Chair, and Commissioners. We've been fighting the bad guys for over two and a half years to take back our park. Now we're fighting the good guys. The average bird watcher is 92% white and around 52 and very affluent. This is not diverse. It's racially unjust to our community. Charlie Park has had two responses in the community, and they were either, where is that, or that place is scary. It was scary. I was almost shot there meeting Commissioner Flores for a meeting. Understanding that the coalition wants to work together and help protect the areas, the Audubon site listed it as dangerous and only nine visits by four bird watchers in four years. That comment's been since redacted from their site. My wife and I extinguished seven fires from a serial arsonist last year in an open space and another fire from fireworks this year was kept at bay by players of disc golf. The goats and flailing with the biologist are necessary. Without 24-7 ranger supervision, the few community members and the players are all we have. Chorley Park is a city park surrounded by residential housing designed to be a recreational green space for people. This park satisfies the city's obligation to provide recreational green space for its already underserved residents. To leave it unattended during a time when 10 encampments are destroying the environmental condition of our green spaces is to also damage bird populations. To let Chorley burn will not only destroy the food sources, but the entire habitat. City has an obligation to manage environmental conditions for all residents, people, and birds. If the proposal doesn't want disc golfers, which it mentions in three, page three, page 16, page 17, and page 21, is this group prepared to pay for security guards to patrol Chorley Park 24-7 to protect Chorley as a habitat for birds more than people? Something we now do for free. We ask that you also collaborate with the for disc golf comments. community to come up with equitable solutions for our already Thank underserved you for your districts. Comments. Your time is up. Thank you. Um, our next speaker is Josh. Good evening, my name is Joshua Everett. I am actually the president of the Sacramento Disc Golf Association. I am currently this 
our organization are the stewards of William Chorley Park. William Chorley Park, uh, I also live by Reichmuth Park. Prior to the disc golf course, I was across the street. There was nobody using that park. It was, uh, I've witnessed shootings there, other things like that. As soon as the disc golf course went in, that park became usable and accessible to everybody. It is a multi-use park. Um, I do have to comment on Chorley. They said it was designated as a nature area. That is not true. It is designated as open space. It has been zoned open space for a long time. The master plan was never really enacted as there was no funding for the half a million dollar bill that it would uh, bring us. I actually do support um, a majority of what they do. Um, I think it's great. Uh, I believe in natural spaces in, within Sacramento, but I think we have outdated thinking on disc golf and how it could be implemented. Um, we've been working with environmental planners, landscape architects, biologists, and have been in communication with UC Davis Arboretum um, in order to make or protect William Chorley Park to allow more recreation in a community that is severely underserved and has very little recreation and it really isn't fair to the people of that community. And like our group alone, we have almost a thousand members. But Sacramento City, which has to rely on the surrounding municipalities, which puts a strain on all of their park systems. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of disc golfers just here alone. So um, I did hear him say they want to remove disc golf from those two parks, right? And relocate them? No. I think there was something like that that was, okay. Well, I just want to make sure that when we look through this, that yes, a lot of this is great but we also take into account the equity factor of this, the social ramifications if there is changes to these disc golf courses, because we do not have very much available land in the city of Sacramento to relocate or move disc golf courses. So I would like to work with these organizations. I think it would be great to come up with a plan and guidelines for recreational activities like Sacram or, uh, disc golf. Um, so that way we can move forward and Thank you for your comments, your Thank time you. is up. Our next speaker is Martha. Good evening, my name is Martha Perez and I live right outside of the entrance gate of William Chorley Park. I've lived there for over 37 years. I've seen the park where it has, it was welcoming and I saw it when it became over it was overcome by many drugs, illegal activities, uh, the camping, the dumping, everything that was going wrong. And we saw nothing being cleared or taken care of. The park itself was not very welcoming at the time. However, in the past two and a half to three years, we have seen great changes where I will address at our recognize that Matt King, his spouse, and a handful of volunteers who have been out there clearing up the areas, doing all that they can to bring that park back to the community so that the families will, they brought reach, they brought so much activity, they've cleaned up rubbish, they've cleaned up dumping, they've communicated with the city, they've communicated with the uh, community, the residents, and we have seen, we have been seen it welcoming families now more recently we've had activities there we're welcoming the new traffic of these disc golf players we've had soccer players there however they did leave us at the time that all of this 
homeless and illegal activities. There's been murders there. There's been everything. We've not had a lot of park rangers securing the police uh, coming around, but there has been a surmount of changes. It's for the betterment of the people, the community, the Sacramento community, golf course terrace. And I thank you, and I take a listen that the people are important. We welcome all of the natural environments, the animals, the birds. They come to my backyard. <laughs> so thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Dominic. Hello, my name is Dominic Alamano. I'm an urban agroforester. I live in Oak Park, and I've been involved in urban food system and urban forestry work in Sacramento neighborhoods for more than a decade, helping community organizations steward orchards, restore their ecosystems, and preserve the biodiversity that remains. I support and appreciate the larger scale conversation that started here, and I think it illustrates our need to reframe our perception around this city and the long-term sense of how we plan to live here. This ecosystem has been radically changed in the less than 200 years since first contact with the indigenous population. Most of the life that was here and defined this place no longer exists. My family's been in this region for over 125 years, and I grew up with a grandfather who made sure I had memory of the things that are now missing so that I could keep those stories alive and bring action into these neighborhoods to help restore these things and to share that memory with young people in the communities. We don't manage for ecological function and ecosystem services, which are essential. We manage for aesthetics and to minimize labor costs. We don't care for trees as they need it. We plant them and have no plan afterwards. I'm supporting the Mirasol Garden, community garden at the new development. It's poorly designed, over-engineered, no stewardship plan, fruit trees were badly planted, some have already died. It's not set up to help the people. It's like a, it's a symbolic gesture without the substance it requires. So holistically, I feel like we need to take this kind of big picture vision, step back and like how, if we wanna live here for the next thousand years in a changed climate, are we stewarding these lands? Are we managing them for labor costs and appearance? We will need high functioning ecosystems and we will need the biodiversity and we will need a culture that is competent to live here as stewards of this land. That's the kind of journey and discovery we've got to go on. We're not ready for the future, but we need to get that. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Our next speaker will be Michelle. Uh, Michelle, go ahead and unmute. Hi, thank you very much. My name is Michelle. I live right on the nature area at Chorley Park. And as the other speakers have said, when the park rangers and the city officials and the biologists come through, they say, nesting owl over there, nesting hawk over there, close to course down. I had a hawk come by, drink water from the water I leave out for the for the wildlife this morning. 10 minutes ago, a hawk, I mean, a, an owl was screeching and I saw it swoop down over my backyard. That is because of land management. And as the last speaker just said, 
it is about land management. You ask the indigenous people why they didn't have the amount of forest fires that we have now. It's because they went and they took care of their land that they lived on. That is what is taking place in Chorley Park. This park had not been cleared in over 10 years. The city would come by and mow, that was great. But it took the Neighborhood Commission, the Chorley Park Association, Matt King, Joshua Everett, and all of their volunteers to align all of these people to get this park cleared. And yes, those people, those men and women, cleared the feces out of the trees that we are supposed to be protecting. It took city, it took volunteers, neighbors to do it. So if we can do it here, and the indigenous people have been doing it for thousands of years. Thank you. Why are we not allowing it to continue? The birds are back, the wildlife is back. I have skunk and possum every night. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Uh, our next speaker is Jennifer. Jennifer, go ahead and unmute. Good evening, Parks Commissioners. My name is Jennifer Holden and I am a resident of District 5. I know Charlie Park well. Um, so I wanna thank everyone for the presentation this evening. Uh, it was very informative, and I think it is the start of an important conversation for all of us to have um, uh, about our city parks. Now then, a couple of facts that are in the report that haven't been made really clear. The number of acres in the staff report that are being suggested as natural areas uh, totals to 1,392 and 83 hundredths of an acre. That is roughly, I, I'm struggling to get total amounts of uh, city park acreage, but somewhere around 33 to 43% of our current city parks acreage. 30, a, a third to 40%, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of our city parks being designated as natural areas. Um, also consider that 59% of the proposed natural area acreage is in the, the three lowest resource districts. 59% of the proposed natural areas are in low resource areas that have already been designated as having low parks equity. There is very, uh, those districts have fewer amounts of park acreage per thousand people of any of the other districts. So we are talking about radically changing our park system. And we are talking about asking our low resource areas that already don't have enough recreational opportunities to um, participate the most in this new vision for our city parks. Um, I think parks equity and making certain that there are recreational opportunities thank for, for our low-resource area. Thank areas. you for your comments. Your time is up. Our next speaker will be D. Uh, D, you should be able to unmute and speak. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I apologize for the uh, 
not presenting my first name. Um, my name is David Weiso. I'm also a resident of District 5, and I'm speaking to the tone of the plans and possible effect of Sorley Park on my community. Like many people have already said before me, we have, as a community, put a lot of effort into this park, and I'm not going to go into the, the granularities that some of the other folks have spoken to. I'm just going to beg that in the manifestation of the conversations over this proposal that the pre-existing resources that are already being worked on put blood sweat and tears going into them that they are taken into consideration if this passes and if this concept becomes something of a plan because a lot of people work really really hard have worked really really hard to bring these resources back to their communities and i'm sure there are other parks that are in a similar situation if this conversation continues it really needs to be a group effort and both neighborhood and nature need to be represented thank you thank you for your comment our next speaker is Steve. Um, Steve, you should be able to unmute. Great, thanks for having me. This is Steve Schweiger. I'm with Sacramento Valley Conservancy and Sacramento National Park City. And I had the pleasure of working with the group on developing the presentation, the proposal, and um, was really excited about the opportunities that are presented to uh, build up a program where the community can really get involved in learning about nature and stewarding the natural resources that exist in Sacramento. You know, we think of our city as kind of an in-between place, but we do have amazing natural resources, oak woodlands and waterways, and we want to um, connect people with those and, you know, help them to, to be highlighted as one of the best parts of our city. Um, this is actually one of the best ways to get volunteers and to build up partnerships is to work on uh, projects where we can involve schools and, and get people involved with learning and getting out and experiencing um, working with nature. It's also a, a great way to have lower maintenance areas within our park system where uh, we you've mentioned quite a few times that the maintenance budgets for uh, the park system are already stressed, and what better way to have low maintenance, more nature-based uh, solutions for dealing with that? Um, I think you know the Chorley Park issue certainly certainly has come to a fore, and uh, highlights that we also need more space for parks and nature areas in our city, and we need to be looking to expand those. That should be part of our vision. Uh, we have a lot of channelized creeks that run through these uh, these uh, disadvantaged neighborhoods where the opportunities for nature were taken away from them. And say the Morrison Creek project is a great example of how we can engage those communities to try and rebuild nature into the into our city. And um, as far as resources go, uh, keep in mind that in 2018, Valley Vision did a huge survey of residents and found that. Parks thank, and open space. Thank you the, for your comments. Your time is complete. Chair, the last speaker on this item is Robla Park. Um, please go ahead and unmute. Hi, 
Thank you. Um, I appreciate the presentation this evening um, and uh, the Robla area. I was a little uh, taken back that the Robla area was not um, an area of interest in including, included in um, this uh, discussion. And so um, it would be great uh, to join this group in the greater dialogue because the Robla area um, has um, a lot of natural um, uh, areas, uh, trails and creeks and other things that um, is native to our area that we have been working hard to protect and integrate. Um, indeed, we are deficient in uh, polished park areas that are not uh, traditionally um, uh, natural and we would like to see um, our area to be inclusive and to embrace the natural habitat that already exists. And so um, I really do appreciate uh, the conversation and we would love to be included in this discussion. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I have no other speakers for this item. Thank you. Do I have any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Commissioner King. Um, hello. Um, thank you so much for um, your presentation. I um, read it in full, so I appreciate you sending it over early. Um, and as a as someone who holds a one of these natural areas, those open spaces, um, as a, as kind of a piece of my heart. Um, it's really encouraging to hear that there's other people that care about that space. Because I've lived in the Golf Course Terrace neighborhood, um, so District 5, right along Torley Park for about 10 years. And I would consider it an abandoned park up until about five years ago. Um, the 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 neighborhood surrounding it had given up on it and um, it was not a usable space so as a natural area it instead looked like an abandoned area it was not maintained it was not um, usable other than maybe to um, walk it occasionally and even then it was unsafe so I'm talking about down trees unmanaged um, walking paths um, just just severe abandonment, essentially. And so when we're talking about bringing these natural areas and keeping and preserving these natural areas, I'm not seeing that in our parks right now. So in these natural spaces, I'm not seeing the preservation that you're talking about. I'm seeing abandonment. I'm seeing abuse. I'm seeing homeless encampments and drug use and just abandonment. And so when I partner or when I seek for partnership in these spaces, I'm looking for people that show up. And so one thing that, one thing when we talk about places like Chorley Park or Wrightmouth Park, in an effort to come together as a community and to compromise and to have partners that work together, that will utilize the space for more than one thing and will put maybe things like leisure activities and people that will show up and use the park 
as well as people that want to preserve the natural area. And teaching us how to do that and use those spaces wisely, I think is very important. Um, but an unused space is just that. It's unused and it's going to be abused and abandoned. So I will, um, I will leave it at that, but I'm very passionate about this. And so I would love to partner. I would love to hear more from you guys. I appreciate you coming out. Um, again, I'm very passionate about this. So I do appreciate you coming. Thank you, Commissioner King. And I apologize. During this portion, I would invite you to be at the podium to answer questions if necessary. Thank you. Vice Chair Gaines. Thank you. Um, so I just want to say thank you guys for your presentation. And I love the um, kind of marketing strategy of making sure all of our districts were included. So we felt ownership of this. Um, so I appreciate that. And I just also want to thank everyone who called in. Um, I know they were very Chorley Park specific, even though I don't think that's what we were talking about necessarily. But I appreciate, um, you know, you guys all coming in, speaking on behalf. I don't think I'm allowed to clap. But Dominic, everything you said, like, yes, I would have been clapping. Um, so I just want to thank you guys. Like, this is such an important part of the process. Um, I know for our um, parks team that is stretched super thin already. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot going on because we are trying to find that balance of the natural spaces. I live like, like right here, so I live very close to one of these. Um, so I know how important that is, but also recognizing the youth programming that we have, the parks that we need to have, the um, food deserts that we have and needing to have space for that. There's so much that goes into this. Um, so I thank you guys for what you're doing. I think, you know, I know you guys have a lot, you guys have been talking about the last few weeks about this, um, but I just really wanted to highlight just how important this is to the process, even though we aren't gonna have any answers for, I was gonna say tonight, but for a bit, I think that it's just so important that everyone's here. So I thank you guys um, for coming out. I thank you for your presentation. And I know um, this will be a discussion that we're having for, for quite a while, so thank you. Commissioner Robbins. I'm just very proud that um, the awardees that I gave out are presenting about making this happen today. And the reason why they won the award was actually doing a grassland gardens and making climate change happen. So thank you guys for the great presentation. I feel your pain, Heather, about cleaning up uh, the parkway. We've cleaned it up many times. I've seen uh, Amy's son jump into uh, poison ivy last year. He was fine, but stuff like that. And I thought it was hilarious how everyone is so rooted. Like you always say, rooted with Ray Trethewey and the Sack Tree Foundation. So I love everything we've done. I feel you. On that um, I know the concerns about park rangers uh, Jackie said that we're fighting to get more park rangers to do a lot of more work on that and that is uh, something on our radar and uh, I wanted to shout out the disc golf uh, community too I don't like the good guys versus good guys we've got to find a way to work together and I would love to have the president's information I would love to have a disc golf uh, park at Gardenland Park because I've seen the effects that it has I would use uh, John Mackey and D2 uh, when they go uh, disc golfing there, they take ownership and they take care of it. So I love the support of everybody around and to find a way to work together. So thank you for the great presentation. Very awesome. Thanks. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Boone. Yes, I just wanted to quickly echo Vice Chair Gaines and Commissioner Robbins. Um, thank you for this presentation and for the thoughtfulness. Um, earlier, Vice Chair shared that we should be thinking or we should aspire to think seven generations out. And so having a group of individuals thinking about stewarding this land and, and what it looks like for other people that will be here beyond our lifetimes, um, to me is really important because I come from the desert, um, which is why I chose Sacramento to live, because there isn't Good a choice. green space or a protected space where I am. 
Um, and so to have a group of people that volunteer their time to do that means a lot. But as um, Commissioner King pointed out, that, that partnership with neighborhoods where they're trying to actively um, foster community in those, in those areas is important as well. So finding that, that mutual ground, I think, would probably be the next step. I think you asked earlier, like, what, what comes next? Um, and I think that would be a good, a good start. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Flores. <clears throat> thank you, Chair. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Um, I don't know how to feel about this one. Um, you know, at work, uh, in my day job, part of my jobs and powers and duties is to systems change. And I think in this past week, uh, I was talking to a lot of individuals in, and representing different organizations and seeing the work over at least five years that the systems are, I'm navigating are indeed changing. Um, and then I heard the presentation, I'm hearing the folks on the call and inside chambers, um, you know, Mayor, Mayor, you did ask that the ask that you, you all are asking is for some sort of item to be some sort of sentiment to the city council because it is within our powers and duties as this commission to make recommendations to council. You know, we are supposed to make uh, comments and, and work with staff on master plans. And then I heard in the presentation, some of the city plans are not integrated. So I hear that, you know, as, a, as a, an area of opportunity to address. Um, but then I'm also, I'm also hearing a conflation of major issues all at once simultaneously. And in, and in, in said conflation, we're losing sight of what, what is indeed the ask here tonight. And then I heard, let's start a conversation. So there's an ask because there, there's, there needs to be an item to recommend to city council, but we don't know what said item is because we're starting the conversation. And so I'm trying to think, okay, how do we get to one point or the other? And then recognizing that this commission, the mechanism of the commission on a Thursday night or the first Thursday of the month may not be the, the exact forum that is flexible enough to achieve said goals. Um, I'm trying to whiteboard everything right now. That's how I think. Um, because, you know, I know it's, this is a completely different example, but when, when, uh, when there was an opportunity to explore, to put a youth member on some of the city commissions, there was a champion in those conversations. And then those champions navigated multiple systems at once to then make that ask to city council at the end of the day, because there was a product that was based on research, that was based on on many, many conversations and stakeholders in that, um, but it had to start with a conversation. And so I, if this tonight is the start of the conversation, th that, that I can reconcile in my head. Um, but then I'm also seeing in the, one of the first slides, I also saw 16 logos, and then I heard, well, how come there's not a bird day? Well, it's like, you have 16 logos. Somebody should have already done that outside this commission. So I'm just, like I said, there, there's a lot of conflation of issues. Um, I live near Reichman, so I know, and like I said, I don't wanna go down that path because that was the conflating of the issues. So I think if this is a conversation starter and then what our role as commissioners is, we do have a voice and we do talk to our neighborhoods and, our, and the people that we, in our district at large's mayoral uh, to have, we can be an arbiter, a champion of conversations that leads to the overall 
collection of the data that will be necessary to make that final ask to, to city council, right? Because that is within our powers and duties. But some of the mechanisms one can argue we can and cannot do. So, uh, so like I said, I, I'm just, I'm conflicted in that, in that point. So I would need more conversations, but I would need a champion. It, it would require a dedicated champion to address a lot of the issues that was in the report. And some of that report was conflating issues. So I had to like turn it off to see what was the actual ask at the end. And the mayor, you did the, you, to me, you did, you clarified a lot of those questions. I just couldn't, I couldn't see. So um, I know we're not voting on anything right now, but I think that's gonna be my comments that, that there's a lot of information here. There's a lot of areas of opportunities to address um, that, that, and it's also almost outside part, the, the YPSI's department in, in collecting some of those answers, right? Because some of these master plans are dependent on elsewhere and it's almost outside some of that purview, but we, but because it does affect parks, you know, we have that voice too. So like I said, it's somebody has to be fluid across multiple uh, spectrums of, of discussion. So I think that's a, a pathway to get there. I, that's a pathway I'm recommending, but by no means the pathway. And then Commissioner King, I, I see you recognize you know, all your hard work too. So I just wanted to shout you out for that. So, uh, so those are my comments for now. Could I give a, a, a quick response just to the overall question of what's the ask? The yes, ask is for the city of Sacramento to establish a natural areas program within the parks and recreation department. We think that's where it makes sense. We don't see that there's anyone, as you're talking about there being a champion. We need not only a champion, but someone who is trained and responsible and accountable for helping manage the natural areas that are within city parks. Um, and so that's really what we're asking for. Uh, we don't see another department that um, can do this. Um, these are talking about public lands that are under the purview of the city park system. Um, we're not, at least I'm not asking for the removal of any recreation use. Um, as Jackie knows, and as some of you may know, but um, I was the champion when I was mayor of this city and when I was on the city council for this department. Um, I don't know if you have one currently on the city council. Um, so I don't, and I don't, you know, I, I don't think this is up to just Jackie alone or Sean or an individual to try to carry this forward. You need us um, to, in order to make this matter. Uh, and we need to talk to whoever's handling the climate action plan to say, what's the role of nature in the city's climate action plan? Why, you know, there should be something in there that talks about this department and the significance of the land that you manage. So clearly, um, there's great demand for recreation in the city, and, and there should be, and we should do all we can to, to try to, you know, to match and meet those demands. Um, I guess I would just use Bannon Creek Parkway as an example. Uh, the Bannon Creek Parkway uh, is about two miles long. It connects Discovery Park with, um, and it goes all the way up to San Juan Road, which is just south of Interstate 80. So it runs the length of South Natomas. We have a nature preserve on the south end, which nobody gets to go into. Um, and we even, they even keep the homeless out. Um, and then from there north, we have a, a multi-use trail. It's a bike trail that you can take all the way from Discovery Park, which means you can take it from Folsom or Old Sacramento or any place else in the city that connects to Discovery Park. 
right into South Natomas all the way to San Juan Road. Uh, it connects two schools, it connects two parks. Uh, we have a dog park, we have a group picnic area. It's not without recreation use, um, but it also is a two mile long corridor that is filled with mature oak trees and all of the microorganisms and species and birds, et cetera, that it contains. And so we get deer sometime, we get coyotes sometime, um, because it's a corridor. But it's, it's not you know, fenced off. We're not saying don't let people come in here and do recreational activities. I mean, they need to be appropriate and they need to be well-placed. And that's part of the job of the professionals at the city staff. And part of that is your response to you know, community input and community desires. So it's a balancing act. But right now, nature's losing. And there's no one who's a champion in the department or in the city to take care of the natural areas that this city is the steward of. So that's what we're asking for. I hope that was more clear. Do you want to add anything? Did I? Okay. I have two comments. Um, one is uh, I think that natural area programs evolve and emerge in municipalities, in, in different municipalities in different ways. Mm -hmm. So the ones I've studied are Eugene, Oregon, Fort Collins, Colorado, Greeley, Colorado, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and then also regional ones like the Mid-Peninsula Open Space District. All of those that I just mentioned all have revenue for hiring staff to do networks of, of connected and protected areas. To get to uh, Commissioner uh, King's um, comments, which I appreciated, uh, these aren't abandoned areas. If, if you just Google <laughs> Mid-Peninsula Open Space District and look at the intensive community programming they, for all their preserves. Now, they have some preserves that are very um, carefully protected because they're super rare plants and animals in them. But the, because they've done master planning, they know where those areas are. Some of the areas are off-limits year-round. Some are off-limits uh, you know, seasonally. But there's other extensive areas with extensive networks, and they have daily and weekly programs for all age groups. And it's teaching kids about birds. It's teaching kids about plants. It's teaching kids about stewardship. And it's teaching their elders all those same things. So these places are all activated. But they're activated in a different way than conventional recreation. It's an activation that is more attuned to a tribal sort of seventh generation model where you're, you're immersed in nature. It's, it's that nature bathing that people talk about. And, and recognizing that as an asset for the park system. Thank you, Commissioner Flores. Like I said, this, this, is, this technical commission form is not the most fluid to have this conversation because I have like five rebuttals now, you know, based on this rebuttal, but in the, you know, in the essence of time, right? Um, in a perfect world, this, I would be, I normally watch your meetings on television at home with my cat, um, and she, we watch the whole thing. She makes it through the whole meeting. Um, and what I would have liked to have heard in Park Plan 2040 is, dear commissioners, um, as city staff and as consultants to the city staff, we are proposing a uh, natural areas program for the city to be embedded in the 2040 plan, to be embedded in the general plan, to be embedded in the climate plan, and to be embedded in the forest plan. 
that it would emerge from you and not seem like we're trying to force something on you or ask something of you. You have all wisdom. You all have knowledge of your, your places. So that's what, in a perfect world, it would emerge that way, and then we would be here as your champions to partner with you and let's help make it better and let's get all the stakeholders together. But in this case, there is that missing piece. There is no champion to, to have it in the plans. And so when I, I, I actually looked, um, it was in horror looking, like reviewing the general plan because this general plan that's now being put out is significantly weaker on environmental measures than the 2035 general plan. The 20, 2035 general plan of the city is perfect in terms of environmental resources. It doesn't say how we're gonna protect those resources. It does at least acknowledge them. But now there's a backsliding of the plan. So we're worried that not only are we not moving forward, but we're actually moving backward. Exactly when we can't afford to do that. Wonderful, thank you very much. Commissioner Boone. I, I know this might be a stretch, but because it's, what happens, right, is when they're not protected lands, do we not put them at risk of being purchased? Like, I've already heard a couple times where the city has lost, or given up, I guess, um, ownership of land and then others come in, purchase that land and develop it in a way that doesn't necessarily benefit the community. It could become a strip mall, right? There's a 2009 plan by the city economic development department that looked at Del Paso Regional Park and how to slice it and dice it and sell it off. That's, our, that's still online, One thanks moment, to Alta. Mr. Mr. Benelis, <laughs> that, that was my question. I just wanted to clarify, like when we don't protect lands, it's therefore unprotected. The answer is yes, okay. Yeah. Any other commissioners have any comments? I would like to give mine now. <laughs> okay. Um, to Commissioner Flores's point, this is not a staff report. This is not a report that was designed by the Parks Department to everyone called in, who came in, who had a question um, about disc golf versus natural space. That is not the question. Uh, this is not a proposal by the Parks Department. This is brought forth by community members who are very concerned about their park spaces, and it's exactly what I want to hear. I want to hear the voices of our community, and I'm very grateful for Chorley Park coming out tonight. I'm very grateful for our disc golf community coming out tonight. I'm very grateful for our nature preservers coming out tonight, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to hear your research. I wish I had heard it. Uh, in February, Mr. Vendeliski, you came in. You uh, you came in and you commented when we heard our parks plan. And your comment um, made me ask our clerk Redberg at that moment, um, "Who is this caller? What's his name? Can you please write that down for me?" Uh, because I knew that your your comments were so succinct and passionate and appropriate. Um, and the reason that I have asked for this to come forward, and the reason that I asked for us all to hear this tonight, is that I see a larger connection with all of the maintenance conversations that we're having about our maintained spaces, not our natural spaces, not our um, you know areas that we don't go into or we do go into, but our areas that are designed for disc golf, our areas that are designed for parks, for playgrounds, for walking your dog at Granite Regional down the walkway, down to the park without getting a weed in their nose, right? I see a connection between the desire for all of our spaces to be maintained, and we need more budget for that, right? We come around and around that we don't have enough, and if we're not planning ahead and we're not putting a name to what we don't have enough for, we're never going to get there. 
So I, I thank you. I want to make it very clear on the record, this is not a staff report, but this is a, a 16 logo uh, effort, which I really appreciate, and I'm grateful for your, your knowledge. Let me back that up a, a little bit more. Um, I want to, when we say natural space, I do not appreciate that being synonymous with crime, abandonment, murder, um, shootings, right? I know it is not your intention bringing forth this presentation to create spaces that have trash and encampments and danger and crime. I would also like to address the fact that disadvantaged areas having nature spaces are appreciated and a natural space is a form of recreation. Going to see nature is a form of recreation. It's not non-recreation because we're not playing a sport. It is something that I, as a disadvantaged mother, a Hispanic mother, would love to do with my family if we could create a safe space. If we could have an educational kiosk that we could learn something on the way, we could bring our cameras and take pictures of dragonflies and do all of the wonderful things that we could do, that is recreation. So I do not want anyone to leave this conversation saying, oh, natural spaces are a place where you go to get murdered. That is not the case, and that is not your intention, and I, and I hear you. And I know that we don't have those now. So anything that we've had in, this pa in the past might have been termed natural area, meaning we're hands off because I know something that I really want our Parks Department to have is some training in our natural areas, some training in our, with our trees, some training with noxious weed removal. We are contracting these things out. We're stretched so thin, and I want our city council to hear your requests, and I want them to understand that it is important and that natural spaces as recreation are important to us. And I want us to find that place where we do have that technical mechanism so that we can make the ask in the ways that are required of us to increase that budget in a concentrated effort. I do see disconnection in all of our general plans and our park plans. And, and let me give a big shout out here to an open plan where everybody who spoke tonight can give feedback, which is the Master Environmental Impact Report, open through October 10th. Right? Find out how to make your voice heard because if disc golf is important to you and preserved areas are important to you and activated nature spaces that you can interact with are important to you, please bring it there. There's our mechanism to start the conversation. I'm so grateful for all the conversation tonight. I'm so grateful for the passion of everyone who has activated a space, everyone who has seen the community come together and remove trash and remove crime in the name of sports in the name of nature, everyone who has gone and poked the contractor on the shoulder and said, excuse me, this is actually nature spaces. You're not, you're not supposed to have a chainsaw here. Wait, protect my trees, right? I get it. So I want to make sure that we all understand a nature area is not an abandoned area. We're asking for specifically designated areas that we do foster and we do steward and we do protect and we do take care of appropriately. I liked the term knit together. And I gotta say, I was going to argue the fact that disc golf is an intense recreational sport. But then our president here said, um, tens of thousands of disc golfers, so maybe not. <laughs> I appreciate the possibility of being able to play disc golf in a natural area. I recently visited Chicago, Illinois, and you can walk through in Millennium Park a pollinator garden. I have never been close to so many bees in my life in Sacramento. 
you can literally interact with natural spaces, and it is possible, and we can do it, but first we have to talk about it. We have to agree that we want it. We have to find that mechanism to get us there, and then we, we fight for that funding, and we show what's important to us. We can have disc golf, and please come down to Mayfong Park. We recently replaced our disc golf nets there, and you can play disc golf there, and cornhole and ping pong. Little dis District 6 plug there. I would uh, argue that in this moment, you have heard so many people willing to partner with you. I guess it's not an argument, but I would recommend, I would point out so many callers who said, I think we should work together and I think we should partner. And I feel like there was maybe a misguided fear of losing out on a very beloved sport. And I know that was not your intention. So I just want to make that very clear as well. I would encourage you to, when I am done with this, tell the people at home how they can get a hold of you. Say your email address out loud for people watching the video who don't want to go back to the agenda and find it and write it down. Make sure that you're connecting with these people so that we can have this conversation on a bigger scale. Thank you, Mr. Alamano, for your words. They're poignant and inappropriate. Our connection with nature is not going to go farther when we are planting trees that aren't surviving when we are listening to the community's needs who want to plant trees and putting them in and being, I feel like we're very upfront that we don't have maintenance funding to go out and protect them later, right? So I want everyone to understand that, that when we have a hesitation to approve a park site plan because we don't know if we're gonna have the money to maintain it later, it's not that we don't want more parks, it's that we want to have parks that we have the funding for someone to mow the lawn and understand how to water the native plants that we plant there both right that's something that we do want so um, I give you this opportunity to tell us how do we get a hold of you friends um, my name is Al Tatura and my email address is sackcreeks at gmail.com so that's s-a-c-c-r-e-e-k-s at gmail.com that. I appreciate that. Go and ahead. Uh, my name is Long, so hang in there. Uh, so it's Tim. T is the start of the email. So T and then Vinlinski. And it, we're going to chop it up here. So T Vinlinski, V E N, D is in Delta, L I N S K I, at iCloud.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for bringing this conversation forward, for having it so uh, organized and by district and pointing out all of our regions that have natural areas. I hope that you would reach out and invite your commissioners to come and tour the natural area that you have. I hope that everyone in the community would take the opportunity to go out and see what it is, to look at something online that some other city has done and see, is that important to them? Do they want that? And then we can come back and have this greater conversation, um, Director Beecham, about how we're tying in maintenance, not only our maintenance in our groomed areas, but also our maintenance in our, in our natural areas that exist now, that might not have a designation, that maybe we could have someday, and we probably should have someday, in this organized fashion. I think there's a lot that we can do. So thank you very much. I appreciate you all very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for your comments. Absolutely. Very, very heartfelt. Thank you. Thank you.
Absolutely. Do, do we, can you all go home now? Not yet. We've got something very exciting to, to discuss. If you would like to hang out and discuss 916 Day with us, this is what we're getting ready to do here. So um, we changed that one to receive and discuss. We did that. We are discussed. So our next item is our standing 916 Day update. And uh, Miss Reed couldn't be with us this evening. She's not feeling well, so we're going to fill this one without her. Uh, Commissioner Flores, do you want me to kick this over to you? Because you got the first <clears throat> event. Yeah, we're in September, right? Like, 916, September 16th is next week. Um, the District 7 event is this Saturday in, <laughs> in 36 hours, right? Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of interest. A lot of people are saying that they're coming. Um, it's a kickoff uh, for the rest of 916 Day Week. And we're all y'all have uh, events on the 15th and 16th. So we made it. Hey, we're in September, right? Like, so uh, in the interest of time, thank you to all the commissioners and all that good stuff. So uh, share back to you. like food or drink, that you can do that and be reimbursed by some of our sponsors. Now is really a good opportunity. I said at our last meeting that we would not have time to discuss this um, because we were going to be two days away from Josephine. But actually, you do have a moment to ask questions. Does anybody have any questions? And I would invite Ypsi um, staff as well, if you have any questions of us about uh, events or if you want to offer any any, uh, nope, okay, I saw a nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, commissioners, how are we doing? Thank you. Commissioner King. Um, I just want to thank city staff. They have already been working in Woodbine Park, so um, projects have already been accomplished, and I so appreciate you guys um, in preparation for this um, 916 day, a lot of the globes on the lights were replaced and that it looks so good. So I just want to thank all of you guys for working hard on that. Um, and yeah, I have a lot of work to do this week, but um, yeah, thank you everybody. Absolutely. Vice Chair Gaines. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just want to echo that I think that the staff has been fantastic to work with, and I do. Um, one of the, the new staffers that we're working with is Deanna, and she is just a gem. I know she's not here tonight, but everyone let her know. Um, just working with her has been so fantastic. Oh, good. Well, if you're watching, uh, <laughs> look where's the camera. Um, no, she's just been such a gem um, to work with, and I think it's really helped tie it together. And I think, you know, every year it's going to get more cohesive, um, so I'm excited about that, and I'm just looking forward um, to all the events. Well, thank you. Um, one of the emails that I sent out is that that wonderful link we have from our Ypsi marketing team, who's also been wonderful. I would like to thank um, Samuel Scott. Stott. Mm -hmm. Stott. Thank you, sir. Um, is that when you go to register and you click that link and you put your name in, it doesn't say what you're registering for. It says the name of the park and volunteer. So I would encourage, please, all commissioners, if you can respond to director, I believe you sent out an email today, um, respond to her email with something like this, tree planting, basketball court striping, whatever you got going on. Um, because I got some really great feedback from some of our youth who were like, I don't know what we're doing, so I don't want to sign up. Um, so 
please forgive that misstep. Um, I know we have discussed at this meeting at length what each of our districts are doing, but it is not translated on the website. So if everyone could please respond um, to just that brief description, we'll get it on the website, push it out, it's time. I know for my district we have about 20 signups and my goal is 100. I know some of us have seven signups or some of us have two signups. It's time, friends. It's time for us to get to those. <laughs> We're giving out awards today, but um, it's time to get your signups in. Um, one of the wonderful things about registering for this event that you can share with your community members and your neighborhoods or in, in the neighborhoods at large is that once you sign up for that parks account and you volunteer, you can also easily sign up for all of the other activities that we do, right? It's how we sign up for sports. It's how we sign up for enrichment, classes, all those things. So if they say it's a little too much on the front end to sign up, you can sell that as, and now you're dialed into parks. So now you will always be very easily able to sign up for all the events that we're gonna have going forward, okay? So 916 is our goal. I think we can get there. Uh, we're going to have paper waivers on hand for people who are, do not have access to the internet to sign up in advance online. And hopefully you are sharing out this messaging with your council members so we can get people involved. Um, I'm very excited to be hosting the Oki family at Oki Park to talk about their history. It's going to be very exciting for them um, and their namesake park to be involved. So I hope that all of you um, have made that connection are ready to get on that microphone when you start your ceremony and thank everyone for being there and explain to them why we do 916 day. I'm feeling like there's a lot of comfort going on here in this like week countdown. Speak now friends, this is your chance. If you have any questions at all, I know Commissioner Kangas had to leave a little bit early today and so did Commissioner Ford, um, but we do have wonderful partners that I would like to publicly thank, which are Rayleigh's and SMUD and UC Davis Health. And they're here to help us with waters and foods and reimbursement. So please, please, please use that. I know we've had a couple of uh, neighborhood associations asking if we bring food, can we be reimbursed? Yes, you can. Okay? So please make it fun. I know I personally just went out and got a bunch of uh, glove bubbles and chalk for our youth um, just because you might not be able to plant a tree or you might not be able to paint a basketball court does not mean that you can't be a morale technician. Right, a morale technician is someone who walks around and blows bubbles and gives out water and writes nice messages on the ground and they're needed everywhere to keep our morale high. Okay, so it wants to be fun, engaging, and I think of all the amazing acts of maintenance that we're gonna be able to do an entire weekend. It's gonna be great, weekend and a half, yeah? Okay, all right, well I'm gonna keep going if nobody has any more. So real quick, Tara, I know we got sent an email that had the list of all of our volunteers. It are we going to be sent that again as we get closer in case I have to yell at people? Yeah. I think the answer to that is yes, but also if you click your link and go to register your link, it'll say how many spots are remaining. So yes, I've had 11 signups for mine. Um, I just don't know. Think. Good. So that's a quick way that, to check it out. But yes, we will receive um, a redacted list, right? We should not re be receiving personal information from any volunteers. We should not be receiving uh, addresses, phone numbers, ages, things of that nature. To be clear. Wonderful, but we will have a number of people who've signed up, yes. Yes, okay, wonderful. Well then, uh, we're gonna move on. I had, um, yes, Commissioner King. So, I've had nine signups. Has everybody signed up their self? Because I think we all have to have a volunteer form in. So, just wanna make sure everybody signed their own volunteer thing. Anyone, okay. Just sign up yourself, yourself, your council member, your council everybody member's you know, staff who are gonna be picking family, up shovels. Every kid that you have, yeah. Just checking. 
Can we make that an action item by the end of the night? Everyone sign up for your own event, please. You are volunteering. I mean, you are the main volunteer. I also signed up for my community center at the same time. So everybody should go and do it. That's a great idea. Wonderful. Thank you, Commissioner King. Six day. Our next item is the Youth Parks and Community Enrichment Director's Report. Thank you, Chair. Mm -hmm. I will try to make this quick. Um, I will also say that when you do sign up in ActiveNet as a volunteer or at your community center, you will get notified, not just easy access to register for or enroll for programs, but you will get notified of all of the wonderful things happening in our department as well. So another good reason to, to register. Okay, some quick updates. Let's see, reservations office. Our parks are full of picnics right now. We've been very busy averaging 20 to 25 picnic requests per day. Um, in the month of September, we had 289 permitted picnics and already have several scheduled for October. A reminder that our um, applications for long-term athletic field use for this next year, 24, January through December are due on Thursday, September 24. First, applications must be received or postdated on or before September 21st in order to be considered as part of the long-term permit process. Our aquatic season wrapped up its traditional summer season. We ran 16 pools this year in our waiting pools. Um, between Memorial Day and Labor Day alone, we served over 98,000 visitors just through our recreation swim and lap swim program. Um, we had over 48,000 participants um, in swim lessons. I'm sorry, 4,800 participants in our swim lessons, junior guard classes, basic water safety classes. I will save the rest of those updates, though, for next month when our aquatics team presents to commission on their summer overview. Um, we are now in our fall season, though, with our North Natomas, North Natomas Aquatics Complex and the Clooney Pool. Um, we will be offering several exciting fall events, including a floating pumpkin patch, um, at North Natomas in October on the 21st, and then at Pinnell Meadowview Pool on October 28th. So we'll make sure to share information with you um, as that's developed. Let's see, Camp Sacramento is in its final few weeks of postseason rentals. Um, over the last few weeks in between rentals, our facilities team has been supporting um, some of our aging infrastructure needs and doing some improvements at camps to hopefully be able to accommodate more families next season. In our community centers, uh, we've had several fall programs begin um, and scheduled to begin this next week on September 11th. South Natomas Community Center will be partnering with Council District 3, this might be one of Commissioner Robbins' updates, um, to host Celebrate Natomas. So I'll leave some of that to you to share the details about. That will be on September 30th. As you all know, we did resume operations of Clooney Community Center last December and have a few highlights to share. Uh, we had a very successful summer of programming for preschool age youth um, and also in our teen scene program operating camps out of the Rose Garden room in the Rose Garden. So a really cool opportunity for um, over 104 attendees um, in that program. Also upcoming at Clooney Community Center, we're going to be hosting a Halloween boo bash on the 24th of October for ages zero to four-year-olds and their grown-ups. We do require pre-registration for that. In the sports world, um, registration is opened for our Sunday Adult Basketball League, which will be held at Oak Park Community Center. This is new, and we'll have men's and women's divisions. Our NFL Flag Football League for youth ages five to 15 uh, began two days ago on the 5th. 
We have 337 athletes registered. Um, that's held at Argonaut Park, Hagenwood Park, and then practices also happen at George Sim. 28th and B Street Skate Park will be hosting an early learning read and skate event. That's going to be on October 14th from 10 to noon. That's for youth ages 0 to 6 that will need to be accompanied by an adult. And that's in partnership with the Sacramento Public Library. The first part of the event will be a story time and engagement act activities. Um, and then our youth participants will get to um, be introduced and explore the world of skateboarding. Entry is $3, and we will be providing skateboarding equipment. Coloma Community Center will be hosting a carnival-themed hot day out on Saturday the 9th. So that's this coming Saturday from 9.30 to 11.30 for youth 3 to 5. Also at Coloma, we will have a kids' night out, which will be a glow-in-the-dark silent disco on September 22nd. Again, more information about all of these activities can be found on our website and in the Come Out and Play. We have two more um, play dates happening, inclusive play dates happening at Southside Park. One is on September 23rd and October 21st. Drop-ins are welcome, but we do encourage uh, pre-registration. Let's see, our older adult services um, team over at Hart Senior Center received 15 laptops as a part of a project that was funded by the Hart Trust Fund to provide tech, uh, tech lab at the Hart Senior Center. We're going to have classes starting next month, and that will include the basics on how to use um, various um, programs and navigate websites like Zoom. The Senior Center will also continue to offer drop-in tech program um, programs where seniors can receive assistance utilizing their, app, utilizing their smartphones, putting apps on their phones, um, how to use different applications for transportation. Um, shifting over to some youth, additional youth programs for LNL for fall. Um, the program begins in early October. We have 74 youth aid candidates that have been offered fall positions, and the crew leader recruitment is currently open right now for anyone 21 years of age or older. That program will run from the beginning of October to December 10th. Our young leaders of tomorrow um, program is currently operating at max capacity at George Sim and Hagenwood Community Center, serving 60 youth. Um, Primetime Teen has 80 youth currently enrolled, and that program is running October 19 through October 19th at both Clooney and Evelyn Moore Community Center. Let me see here. Our Youth Development Institute, we had more than 40 youth practitioners and young people that participated in YDI. Um, this last week, the four-day uh, professional development experience was led by our city team of youth development facilitators, um, and we had up to, so far this year, up to 150 youth city youth practitioners um, that are trained through this program. So thank you to our YDI facilitation team. And a quick update on um, addressing the issue of homelessness um, and our role uh, that we're playing in that. So as you all know, the city was placed under federal injunction between August 3rd and August 31st, which by and large prohibited the removal or, or movement of unhoused encampments citywide. Um, the injunction expired on September 1st and allowed park rangers to proceed with the implementation of the rapid response efforts to address growing encampment concerns in our city, in our city parks and park land. So the rapid response teams are working on a voluntary basis on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and then we have a dedicated team working every Monday. Monday's rapid response team consists of one homeless engagement ranger, one DCR staff member, and one additional overtime ranger. 
the goal of the rapid response team is to provide outreach, engagement, and when necessary enforcement of unhoused encamp encampments within the park system, and also provide a more coordinated response to unhoused issues as a broader part of our newly developed incident management team. Um, over the weekend, um, let's see, actually I'll, I'll skip over that one. Uh, our park maintenance division, um, and hopefully answering some of the questions um, or discussion to address some of the discussion that arose earlier. Um, they've begun a, a, a month-long tree inventory review process to identify any recently planted trees that have failed to thrive and are now dead. At the conclusion of this tree inventory review process, all trees identified for removal will be recorded and placed into a queue for public notice indicating the intent to remove per Sacramento City Code that's required. Depending on the total number of dead trees identified from the tree inventory process um, and the posting of the public notice and subsequent removal, it could be a lengthy process that may span potentially through the end of this year, but the team is committed and actively working on that now. Also, the city's recently appointed park arborist is creating a training curriculum for our park staff to assist in the identification of any potential tree-related hazards signs of distress due to environmental conditions, and also proper tree planting methods um, for sustainability of our juvenile trees. There are several other park maintenance updates that are um, in progress and have been completed in both the north area and the south area. I won't cover all of those, um, but feel free to reach out if you have any questions. And again, here we are um, approaching 916 day with our team working very actively with all of you to ensure that the event is a success. Thank you. That is it. Wonderful, thank you so much. Uh, we are at time, so I'm gonna try to go quickly. Um, this is an update, which does not require um, response. Do we have any commissioners that have any questions or would like to speak on this item? Wonderful, um, I, thank you. Commissioner Gallardo, good. Um, I wanted to ask a question on the volunteer rapid response. What is the expectation? Volunteer, voluntary overtime. Voluntary overtime. Yes. Okay. So you do offer the overtime and they could take it if they want. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Um, I think um, my, my um, comment is that um, I'd like for us to have a December meeting to bring back um, the uh, comments from the uh, general plan update and um, act, climate action and adoption plan. Um, since the comments close on October 10th, I think it's important that we um, provide that type of um, uh, presentation um, to um, this body um, so that we can um, at least have an idea of what type of input we've had, especially after this evening and um, the passion around um, the, the work that um, is being planned for the future. And then also, too, I was hoping in December we can bring back the um, uh, end of the year uh, recognition that we do for all of YPSI. Uh, where we have an opportunity to um, thank staff here in the chambers. I know that we've done that in the past when we were in person, and, and it was, um, if you remember, it was when we got Pan um, Dulce from La Esperanza, and we uh, had a, a mini reception. I think the, um, the goods were uh, donated, but I think it's a great way at the end of the year to for those um, like myself that cannot get to the holiday gathering, I think that it's a great way just to um, have the recognition for our community members uh, for all the work that they do that <coughs> for folks that don't fall within the subjects that we talked about um, this evening for volunteers. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I would like to add 
to that. Uh, also, I'd like an update on the parks general plan. I think in February we said we'd invite them back after we uh, discussed amongst ourselves, and I think we have enough questions now about adding things. So if I could add that plan and see where they're at, I would appreciate that as well. Um, and I did have a, I'm so grateful for the tree inventory and checking that out. Thank you very much. I think for notice of removal, and I might be wrong, I think the diameter of the trunk has to be like 15 inches or more. No? Three inches? Okay, Four. yeah. Four. Uh, just no, we are we're at time, but I appreciate it. Um, but I know that uh, most of our, our young planted trees are not going to their diameter of their trunk shouldn't be there if they're dead, if they're whips, like if they died within the first six months. So hopefully that won't be too arduous of a process. And I'm grateful for that. And I do have some teen volunteers who might be interested in helping you once they go back in the queue to get them back in the ground again. So please uh, ask me, tell me, tell me when you're ready. I've got those tree planters ready and to go. Thank you for the report. I very much appreciate it. Great job, everyone. What a busy fall. Fourth R is also back in session, right? You guys are doing a really good job with back to school programming. My kids are loving every minute of it. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Okay, we have public comments. Um, well, actually, our commissioner comments, ideas, and questions. Are there any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Commissioner Robbins. Yeah, I just wanted to give updates on everything that we've gone, especially uh, the busy month that we had with the uh, Next Level Pro Wrestling. Thank you guys for putting on an awesome show. We had uh, Commissioner King, Commissioner Flores come out and roll up their sleeves and helped out everything. Uh, we have both council members, Telemontes, Rick Jennings, and Senator Angelique Ashby there for the Keaton Natomas wrestling match versus Lo Devereaux representing Rick Jennings and LaFaco Loco for uh, Karina Telemontes, who won, of course, kept the key in the Thomas, which was very fun um, amazing event so thank you again next level for putting that on uh, we had the harvest arts festival just last week which was very amazing we had live music food trucks uh, a lot of different uh, things if you missed out on that we have celebrate natomas coming back the natomas september 30th where it's a similar you have live music by maya uh Maya Latin Roots, food trucks, beer garden, and that is September 30th, uh, noon to 4. And uh, we have the cleaning and greening event at Gardenland Park, prepping for 916 Day this Saturday, 9 a.m. to 12, getting ready to plant a lot of trees. So thank you all, and I'll say happy birthday, JJ. Daddy will be home soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Commissioner Robbins, for pointing out where the camera is so now I can speak into it. <laughs> All righty, Commissioner, uh, Vice Chair Gaines. The Chair, I think you might have that center camera, actually, because there's three, so just a heads up. Because um, I think my camera's right here. Um, okay, so just quickly, I was not here at the August meeting, because I would have uh, mentioned this at that point, but I really just wanted to talk about our Junior Giants program that happens um, over the summer. My son finally was old enough to participate um, in t-ball and I am not a fan of baseball at all but because it was a free program put on by the city I decided to participate and it was a wonderful experience um, so I just wanted to shout out a couple of the amazing volunteers um, so first my sister she's a coach for junior giants but also came early to get a spot because I was always late because t-ball was at 8 a.m. 9 a.m.? I don't know when it was, because uh, I was late, but my sister always got a spot. So thank you, Danielle Black, my um, favorite volunteer. Um, and then 
Anthony English. He was our coach, and he actually coached multiple teams throughout the day, and I think he's coaching football, too, because we did sign up for flag football. So um, thank you, Anthony. Uh, Sabrina Kadina, she is the Giants ambassador and has been with the program for a really long time. Um, she was really great to work with. And then just a huge, huge shout out to um, Scott Jensen, the program coordinator for the city, who's been with the city for um, quite a long time. He was the commissioner for the league. There was over like a thousand kids this year, like the program has just um, sprouted. And even with that many youth, you still felt like you had access to him. Like if you had questions, um, him knowing the kids, I'm watching this, you know, as I stroll in late, um, but him, you know, talking to the youth, talking to their families, really being present. And that's really what we want to see here in the city is that we have um, dedicated staff members who this isn't just their job, but that they're really becoming part of the fabric of the community. Um, and so to see kids able to come from all over the city. I mean, I saw just total of like random people. I'm like, oh yeah, you have a kid. Like everyone, it felt like everyone participated in this program. So just wanted to give a huge shout out um, to the, the staffers, to Scott and to all the volunteers um, who made Junior Giants such a success this year. So much. All right, and on to public comment, matters not on the agenda. Do we have any members of the public who would wish to speak on this item, please? Thank you, Chair. I do. Um, our first speaker is Rosabella. Thank you. Please come on down. Thank you for your patience tonight. Hi there. I was wanting to speak on the matter of baths and showers. When I stepped into the bathroom earlier today, Miss Victoria told me about the meeting that was going on. And so I wanted to take a moment to ask you guys, I know this is a much larger issue and not only able to be handled here tonight, but at least to bring it to your attention your, and your awareness of the need for more bathrooms in more public parks and possibly the ability that there is a large amount of homeless population. And right now in Sacramento downtown area, there's only two showers available throughout that people are able to use throughout the week. One of them's limited to once a week at that. So if there was able to be brought in a portable stall for people to take showers in throughout the weeks at the parks, which I know they've done before at other parks in like San Francisco. And that would be all for today. Wonderful. Thank you so much for participating. And thank you for mentioning to me in the restroom um, the idea about hand washing stations. I think that's a wonderful idea to have at public parks that also can accommodate a restroom right away, but a hand washing station. So thank you for your comments and for waiting and for joining us tonight and for making your voice heard in your community, Rosabella. Absolutely. Chair, our next speaker will be an online speaker, last four digits, 4366. Um, you should be able to unmute. Yes, this is Lambert Davis, and I, I want to say that I was very impressed with what I heard tonight and definitely give a shout-out to the director, uh, Jackie Beecham, because I'm hearing a lot of positive things uh, that she's doing in District 2. My focus is really Del Paso Heights. And again, I heard her mention Hagenwood Park, 
uh, I've been on the road with our cheesecakes, which were voted the best cheesecakes in Northern California during uh, the 4th of July, and they went viral during uh, Labor Day weekend. So I've been in and out of Sacramento all summer. So I'm not sure how the pool situation went at Grant High School, but I will find out because I'm back in town for the rest of the year. And uh, I'm looking for people to, you know, pull for us this fall. We're getting ready to release our mother's pumpkin cheesecakes, which have gone viral, and we're going to flood the whole state of California with that. So we hope that uh, uh, people pull for us on that. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Our next speaker is Jennifer. Jennifer, you should be able to unmute. Thank you. Good evening again. Yes, I am back, resident of District 5. And for comments not on the agenda, one, I really want to stress the importance of working with local communities when developing drafts of policies. It's important. The people in the areas that are being discussed, if they don't know about the the, the policy drafts before they are heard by commissions in the city council, their noses get out of joint. They get upset because it's also their lives that are being impacted. And the city is developing a really bad game of nonprofit keep away, where the nonprofits work together and don't work with the actual grassroots organizations that they are claiming to serve. Um, So that is an encouragement and a request um, that first information is taken in neighborhoods before commissions and before the city council. Next, neighborhoods need to be given equal time to present, even if the, the presentations by the nonprofits are marvelous and wonderful. There needs to be a chance for other points of views to be heard beyond just two-minute comments. Third, changing completely but not, the Old City Cemetery is a, within the YPCE um, Parks District. It's a special park. It had... Uh, a native bee hotspot designated by UC Davis until the city park staff decided to dismiss the volunteer corps that was environmentally friendly, started spraying herbicides and pesticides within the cemetery, killed off the native bee population, and ripped out the native plant demonstration garden around about five years ago. You can tell I'm still upset. So Um, I don't want the Old City Cemetery to be left out of any plans to consider. um, Thank you for your comment. Your time is up. Thank you very much. Chair, I have no other speakers. Thank you very much. This concludes today's agenda. Thank you, everyone, for your participation. This meeting is adjourned.